A word to the wise. We are an explicit podcast tackling content with adult themes as well as entering spoiler territory if you aren't caught up with us yet. That would be through chapter 41 of Jade City, the first installment of the Greenbone Saga by Fonda Lee. Hey there, this is Cross. And I'm PJ. And I'm Ben. I'm Aaron. And I am Thomas. And we are Words and Whiskey, a podcast for veteran and novice readers like we tackle fiction novels and love to talk about what we're drinking. You should think of us as your intoxicating weekly book club. It really does feel more like a book club now with five voices, huh? <laughs> intoxicating. I don't think I've gotten drunk once. <laughs> you just said that seductively. I, you know... I don't know when that started happening, but I did it once, and then I was just like, you know what? This is just how I say it forever now. <laughs> so I'm just in it. I can't get myself out. So today is our fifth episode, and we'll be chatting about the second interlude through chapter 41, like PJ had mentioned. But first, Aaron has our featured cocktail to talk about. I did it. He's a cocktail Woo-hoo! maker. Stepped up to the plate. Pew. I will say my husband bought all the ingredients and we just have a fully stocked bar. So that made it. The drink nice. today is called a casino because there's it some is action at- in the casino this week. Exactly. We are in a casino this week. Also, the drink is actually called a casino. So if you Google it, that's just what it's called. It's not made up. It's one and a half ounces. Heyman's old Tom gin. I had a different gin. Probably you'll see it in the photo. Three quarter ounce Arshino liqueur, which by the way is hard to find. Mm. So we drove around to four different liquor stores to find that one. It's Luxardo. A half ounce lemon juice, freshly squeezed. And by the way, it was freshly squeezed. I saw it. And can confirm. I, I don't know if I was doing it right. I used two whole lemons. <laughs> that seems like maybe more than a half ounce. I was just going after it. Two whole lemons. Well, I didn't feel like a lot of juice for two was coming out. I did, did you not? Mm. Did you not? Do you have a juice? I did measure it. And by the way, I uh, so this this recipe is for one drink. I'm I tripled this, shook it with ice, and then divided it between us because uh, we deserve one and a half. Oh yeah, we do cocktails. <laughs> um, and then lastly, okay, then it that it's makes more sense. Reasonable. That's more yes. sense. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> lastly, one, still too much. <laughs> one dash orange bitters. <laughs> it's lovely. It's, it's really very good. strong, and it's I strong. will be drunk at the I end. I love of a it. maraschino cherry. Yeah, there's I threw a cherry in there. I threw a lemon slice. It does it's well garnished. The photo looks great. It'll yeah. be up on the website. Check it out. Yeah, yeah, check it out. And it's it's really delicious. And I'm pretty picky. Delightful. So since I like it, it means I'm not a big gin cocktail guy, but oh, I love gin. I would drink these. Mm-hmm. I love gin. Like this is like gin the gallerous. closest I can think of. Like what would be a good gin sour? I think mm-hmm. this is where I would land on it. <clears throat> so it's more it sounds um, awesome. It's more, I'd say, earthy and limp tart than sour. Yeah, there's no tart. you don't like squint at all when you drink it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the the Luxardo is really going to bring a lot of herb and like sweetness to it. It's herby. Or a little bit of herb and sweetness. Yeah. Herby. herby. So as far as lemons and limes go, my like rule of thumb is a lemon is like two ounces of lemon juice and a lime is like one ounce of lime juice. And like there, there's a lot of variability to it and it depends on how you're squeezing it and all that. But 
depends on how juicy she is. Very lemony. <laughs> I like them juicy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that sounds. Super, but in all honesty, good. if you're saying it's not, if you're saying it's not like lip puckering or making your face pucker up, then it's got to be close to the right amount. Like yeah, there were probably yeah, smaller lemons or whatever. I did you, a great so. fucking job, and I did measure the it lemon sounds juice. Like it. I was okay. just, I was just, just trying very, to sound fun. It tastes very similar to <laughs> when John made them previously. Yes. We're all here and, ribbing you for and, it. And, and then <laughs> in my life, my husband makes us cocktails. So that's why I was so proud of myself because I actually did it and I never make the drinks. Though Ben has nice. to say he likes it. I'm also proud of you. <laughs> so We're proud. all proud of you. Thank you. All right. Let's do the quick rundown. Ben, obviously you're having the same thing. PJ, what are you having? I am having absinthe and water. Oh my god! <laughs> Aggressive. So I, I have a bottle of whiskey on the way. I've ordered whiskey. It will be delivered. I got in on um, like from your girlfriend or from you actually ordered it. No, I actually ordered it. Um, oh. <laughs> so if you ever see the whiskey tribe videos on YouTube, they have a distillery out of Austin, Texas, and they do releases of their. Whiskey's every once in a while, and I got a bottle of that that's getting delivered soon, hopefully. So nice. Um, absinthe so, and water. But yeah. yeah is that just a- tastes like absinthe black and licorice? Ice water. Yeah. I mean, there's it's more there's more to it than that, but that's a dominating flavor, yeah. Is anise. But um I also stopped at the grocery at the like market, the corner market on my way home from the gym and picked up Ecliptic Brewings Phaser Hazy IPA. So nice. I will be sipping on that as well. Oh yeah, we we will be following up with a juicy IPA from City Barrel Brewing. Mm. Represent local. Ooh. Drink what, local, KC. We do drink a lot of local here on the show. No free ads. So that's always fun. TM. No, the no locals. The locals tend to ads. It's it's the big names <laughs> I I'm opposed to. You know, <laughs> that makes sense. Listen, All right, brewery. Thomas, what are I you mean, having? I have a drink. It is bourbon-based, but it's delicious. That's all you got to know. Cool. <laughs> mystery. Right. A mystery Keep, Keeping drink. that one tight to the vest. <laughs> I have I have to come up with future cocktails for the next two books, so I'm saving the good cocktails I made for that. Mm. <laughs> so this is all a right. tease. All right. This is a tease. By the way, I we, we could make another one because since that video i guess not a meme went viral with the house of dragon ladies i've non-stop been drinking negronis that's just all i've been negroni. drinking and every time i drink Spagliato. it i go can i have a negroni and i don't drink it spagliato <laughs> with prosecco because i actually right. fucking hate champagne so i just drink a straight up negroni Spagliato. i also love negronis so i totally totally feel you there thank you um, i didn't know i loved it cool. until Stunning. i saw that video and then i was like i'm gonna try that because i am on the trends and i am not <laughs> yeah. ashamed to learn new things based on tiktok you may also love a manhattan if you haven't had oh one. really it's pretty who similar. knows what uh, i like no, I <laughs> but yeah cool all right i'm having a sticky crystals from sycamore brewing company which is a north carolina why company. is it sticky? So, uh, their, all their beers are named after crystals. So all the IPAs are named something crystal. And so it's a it's a hazy IPA. So I think that's why they named it 
sticky crystals, but they've got like double crystals. They've got mountain crystals. They've got like all these different things, but this it, one's the, the sticky crystals. So awesome. Yeah. I like it's crystals. Pretty good. Nothing crazy. Tastes good. All right. So before we talk about the chapters, PJ, Ben and Aaron, how'd you feel about this week's reading? You goddamn <laughs> I feel, bastards. I feel right <laughs> and also bad about it. <laughs> Why do you keep making me read sad books? I don't want to read sad books. I want to read happy books where all the good boys and good girls and good people live out their lives the way that God intended, not getting cut down early by the bad boys and bad girls and bad people. Then read C.S. Say, Lewis. I do love the Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> I will say. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Some of them. The Chrono. That what? tracks for no. I, tracks In all seriousness, time. this, it's really, I feel like it, it shifted a little bit, but it feels like it got set into a groove and it's like really starting to take off in a, in a. Yeah. I um, was like super, you know, disappointed. I wasn't even like upset. I was just like, you know, that was disappointing. But then by the end of it, I don't know. I feel like things the other the other people are in a better place for me. Especially Shay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like everyone's kind of in a good place because of Lon's death, but he just went out with such a whimper. There was no like last hurrah. I don't know. It was so disappointing. Yeah. I'll cash so- in my Ned Stark ticket now. <laughs> when you I, said that i was like here we go <laughs> i i feel like this is another sort of artifact of the way that we set up our show because for most people they would have just read right through this and it wouldn't have been a big dramatic cliffhanger into a, a disappointing death. no he actually is dead sort of situation like we saw that Often in in Red Rising, the way that Crossland set up sets up the the sections, just naturally it makes sense to end on on Sadistic. big cliffhangers like that. What? But Thomas, I what's do up? remember it when I read it for the first time. I was so fucking confused because you're like, okay, no way, like no way did fucking Barrow and the other guy Cheeky, Cheeky kill the Cheeky's pillar dead. of No Peak, and then. You're like, okay, so he's he just passed out. No big deal. We're good. We're good. And then you're like, the one who returned, the other one who returned, and then you're like, what the fuck? What the what? <laughs> yeah, cross. What did I text you? Oh God, something aggressive. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> hey, I deserve these aggressive. Texts ben is gonna. Too. You type wow 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 wow, wow. and I went yeah, and you went what the fuck? <laughs> ben is gonna be so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I re- it's funny i like remember where i was like when i was texting you because it was just like you remember where, where you were when lawn died <laughs> man i remember where i was when lawn died i think yeah. i like to cross there. the same thing pretty <laughs> much here wow wow, yeah. wow 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 ben is gonna be so sad <laughs> yeah. ben is sad man you were you, you lashed on the lawn way too quickly well, he was my favorite character. I'm sorry. 
My bad. So did I. I mean, originally, when I first read it, Lon was absolutely the character that I gravitated towards. Older brother, I totally empathized. I was like, this is my guy. This is the perfect older brother character that I just totally latch into. And faults and all. And uh, and then he died, and I was like, what am I going to do now? (laughs) (laughs) But in terms of how I feel like now, I don't feel too bad. Not to be heartless. But like, I feel like it gives the other characters a chance to fill fill in because Lon was taking up so much space in a good way. But, you know, now they kind of have to step in. So and, you know, again, we were starting to say this last week, but we're starting to like Hilo more and more. And, you know, I like Shay with her jade on. So. <laughs> so there you know if if you think about like the classic hero's journey one of the big things is like when you get pushed out of the village right finally and you like leave on the quest and for me the main character of the story is the clan in a big way and all of those components and lawn dying is the shoving out of the nest for to make room for change so the story can really progress which i think is what we see this week yeah especially i think it's like the second to last chapter of this week when Shay's like explaining the, the broader implications to Hilo. Like mm-hmm. we're like, okay, maybe I can see now kind of the future of these three books, like growing beyond this Island and like having a lot more issues with Espinia and the other countries. Yeah. I definitely right. like cleared some needed space. I feel like, I don't know. It's just, yeah, get and this, get out of here, Lon. We don't need and this, to. <laughs> this may be a, a a like the reason for this may just be the format that they were reading it in, but like sometimes I felt like the story was a little scattered, and it was hard for me to like latch on, and I gravitated towards Lon because he seemed like the guy getting the most development. But I agree, like now that he's gone, it, it like puts all of our other characters that we've learned about and followed so far into like a definite conflict. And now we get to just watch how they deal with it. And so now I know where the story's going a little bit more where previously, I think, and like I said, I think this may be some bit of our format as well. Just like we're getting, you know, nine or 10 chapters at a time or something like that, maybe last six, seven. And so like, I'm only checking in with one character, you know, like, once week a to week, week yeah. and so if i was reading straight through i might have a little different feeling on that but that's kind of what i was feeling now and now this is like okay i feel like i know where we're going and what we're doing and why and so that makes me you know want to continue to read and and stick with it and and it, feel, it feels like we have some thrust now this this book definitely takes longer to start up than most as a series does, in my opinion. I totally agree. It's one of the reasons that we originally had it fairly aggressively paced. Like, we were going to do this in five episodes. I think instead it's seven. But that would have only also been two weeks with Lon, so you'd barely get to know the character before he disappears. So we definitely took the time to slow down, take some time to get to know him there, versus pacing it out and going a little bit. The next books, we won't be so reserved, but it felt like with Lon in particular, I just wanted to give him the time of day. Yeah. Before he went away, yeah, that's yeah. totally understandable. Yeah. And I don't want to be callous. I feel like, yeah, he was definitely the the morally. Well, I think like, it's a great move. Like like we said, it was just like it's a good move on the author's part. It just now it's like anybody is 
you know, we know that anybody can die. And um, I feel like I should start rooting for the mountain again. Yeah. So it raises the stakes there. And then it like, like I said, it just puts all of our characters like it immediately like makes Shay like a hundred times more interesting. Yeah. And, and like I said, yeah, it just like gives us our story, some good thrust forward on where we're going. Cool. Made Hilo more interesting too. Yeah. Yeah. Hilo definitely comes into focus as does shit in a big way in this this week of course the one thing i wanted to do before we hop into the chapters because there's a lot to talk about this week we've got bets we've got a couple of bets Mm -hmm. to pay off and we're going to start with those so we'll get there (laughs) so starting off here the question was do we think we'll see the triumvirate described come together in this book this was a kind of a dirty question but Mm -hmm. you guys posed it so but what what is it the triumvirate so, was Hilo as Horn, Lon as Pillar, and Shay as Weatherman. Dang. Well, that didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all like three. I said, it was kind have, of a dirty question. <laughs> all three arguably roles. have held those roles. <laughs> but not coming now. together yeah, is the tree of power. Not, the not to, at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So y'all lost. <laughs> yeah. Think. You guys can't clink. Nice. So is this is this <laughs> officially true. set up in such a way that if there's a de- death of a pillar, the horn naturally becomes the pillar? Or is this an unusual case? That didn't seem clear to me. Good question to jump into in the the section. Okay. Itself. Sounds good. Do we have more to... We do have one more bet. We've got one more bet. So, here... Do, do, do. This was regarding Lon, of this, course. This is the one. we've been talking about. So, Ben said, no, we don't see Lon at all and don't know his fate. No body, no fate. So, Ben, I'm so sorry. That's a, that's <laughs> a drink. We didn't see him. <laughs> we didn't see him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we did we see him. He does get buried. Yeah. Uh, PJ, I guess we did. Aaron see says him. we immediately see Lon, not just a perspective chapter, but what is happening next for Lon, which is the most technically correct way of saying sure. <laughs> oh, we'll give it to you, yes. Thomas. Thank you. And then finally, PJ says no. We don't know whether or not Lon is alive next week. And uh, I'd like to argue dead. that he could be a Jesus, and he'll come back <laughs> in this. He could be. Jesus. It's been more than three days. Oh, okay. Shit. I felt pretty good okay. about it at the interlude when it was the one who returned. Me fucking you know? too, my dude. <laughs> it's a trap. It's totally a trap. And then good thing the other I one don't look returned. ahead. Like, what's up? Well, no, I'm just. I didn't look ahead. I'm just saying when I started the interlude, I was like, the one who returned. Okay, we're setting up the one who returned. Nope. Um, but the one what who, I, was yeah, I was like, I was I'm like, so right. This is a little different. Dude's gonna have a breakthrough. <laughs> He's a changed man. He's like, I'm good. Let's, I have to be more aggressive. And they're like, nah. He's fucking dead. My whole island story was working going to work out really well. The the story that PJ and I cooked up with him down the river and hanging mm-hmm. out. And back. Those lovers finds a new wife. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I like to think of that as the nice AU fan fiction of <laughs> yeah. Lon's death. Multiverse. They never recover the body. Yeah. Maybe he faked it like, like Bobby Baratheon, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
with that, let's get into the breakdown. So we've got the second interlude here. We start with the one who returned. Again, interludes are very short, so just a quick summary here. The one who returned tells the story of Genshu and his family and a foundational myth of Deidus teachings, explaining how one man became worthy of heaven again, as well as the story of Baijen, his nephew, who became the first and fiercest green bone warrior. This is more like post-analysis, but what do you make of this interlude when looking at the content prior and the content of this week's chat? Um, how do you... What do you what do you guys think about this quick, quick uh, mythological dive? I like I mean, that these interludes are always sort of outside of the story mythos and like religious sort of beliefs, and they seem to a certain extent fairly like directly related to the the story at hand. So I don't have a lot of takeaway other than like this gives a lot of context to how they're reacting. Yeah, I was going to say that peach. Like I like that it's apart from the story but like parallel to it. So we we get to kind of get more depth from these people's history and what they believe and it, you know, especially when we saw like Shay going to the temple, it kind of pulled from an interlude where we could like understand the history of that. So I I like these parallel interludes where like it might come up later in a religious way or a belief way yeah they're very interesting it's an interesting like side story yeah i don't have much more to add than you guys nailed it cool all right it is just a quick page like it's so they're so breezy too i think that's the other thing that i really appreciate about the interludes is like it's mythology it's condensed down in a really approachable way and it reads like a oral story, like an oral tradition style storytelling, which is just awesome. And then I feel like we'll see the like little seeds that are planted in those pop up later on in chapters. Just adds to the kind exactly, of the world yeah. building aspect. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. also building. during Lan's duel, he says, Old Uncle Genshu, judge me the greener if it's true. Or I'm paraphrasing, but it's very close. And then we get kind of the origin of that. Yeah. It's it's one of the many phrases and where where they come from and we're starting to see some of those origin points too as to how the culture built itself. So, cool. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Chapter 32. The other one who returned. Shay is awakened mm. pre-dawn by a call from Hilo with news of Lan's death. After putting her jade back on, she returns to the tall estate to find Hilo and his fists preparing for battle. I was like, fuck yeah, Shay, let's do this. It really, and I hate to keep, you know, I'm I'm so base. I'm such a basic bitch. But like, I, I really feel the like inertia and like adrenaline that the same feeling <sighs> that I felt when, <laughs> don't fucking laugh at me, when Mulan in the cartoon, cartoon Mulan is, is with the like, suspenseful music sneaking in the night and putting on her dad's armor and she's like slashing the sword and it's like it's like fuck yeah like yes do it (laughs) and then she does it and and you're just like empowered you know and that's i felt that feeling when she put her j back on i get that it was nice to see her flip the switch and be like let's go yeah chop your hair pretend to be a man join the (laughs) army 
words to live by. I was expecting more of an emotional response to the actual act. It's such a physically and like emotionally and mentally demanding process of like putting on Jade that I guess it kind of makes sense that that gets overshadowed by it. But I really expected more of a hesitation, more of more of some sort of inner monologue when she was like handling the jade from the from the lockbox but overall like i'm i'm happy to see her green again i guess i was kind of thinking that the reason we didn't get a lot of that is just because it's a reflection of just like how dead she's feeling inside from the news of lon's death like there's not a lot Mm -hmm. of emotion going on in this situation for her just because she's like not engaging with it she can't i mean like um, losing a family member like that does bring up like the you know her change in perception and feeling and sure yeah yeah yeah. like you know it does impact her but yeah Mm -hmm. but that's a like that's her taking notice of the the feeling of jade it's not her reflecting on what it means to now put jade back on you know like it's talking about the actual physical sensation it's not the the emotional response the of like, oh i see i need to i need to do this but i i think that's implied like because mm-hmm. she's yeah. doing it she's just yeah. like okay i think you just when like, you're in her that, choice was taken from her yeah when you're in that you're kind of in like a trance from grief honestly like it just there's nothing that you can do you don't really react emotionally but you're so filled with that grief that you know it just it floods you and you don't you you have like less emotion at the, at the at that point just because it's the only thing that you can feel right like a numbness yeah and we did yeah in uh, a chapter after I felt that fact. is incredibly real that's it. and we kind of get the emotional reaction after the fact where she goes through right not thinking through like what does this mean for me to put the jade back on but the exchange of you know, she wanted a clear sign from the gods and now she got it. So I took that as in the moment she didn't like she just automatically intuited that. And then the thinking came later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the it's almost like the thing came the next day after even the next chapter after she killed. A yeah, bunch of people. it's like, oh, fuck. What's well, like that really escalated quickly. It's like, you know, that fucking scene in Anchorman where yeah. everybody's having a beer afterwards. Yeah, with the chain. Like, the- it's really got out of hand. The chain yard fight got out of hand. <laughs> oh, I want to watch that now. It's a great one, but there's a lot of interesting, like subtleties in this chapter too. In addition to like the louder parts of it, and so one thing that really stood out to me is she gets when she gets picked up by Mate Ken, she gets in the batch seat, and he drives her to the bank, and the bank manager calls her Miss Call, and then she gets in. Shits in the front seat on the way back, and Mate Ken calls her Call Jen. Mm-hmm. And there's all these little things Ball our takes. guy Mate Ken doing cool stuff. You know, he's chatting on her, he keeps glancing at her. You could see, like, she says she, she could see him, like, being, like, broken up for her. It's just like, yeah. And I'm sure her aura was weird as fuck. Yeah, when she put it back yeah, on. Coming back on Jade. Yeah. <laughs> coming back on Jade in. Like the pit of despair. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was weird, or do you think it was familiar? Because um, he was oh. he was her classmate too, right? 
or within a year. A schoolmate, or... yeah. I'm sure it's like it's, it's not it's not about whether or not angels. that part of it's it's that emotionality yeah. through the jade sensation is what they're talking about. Yeah, that's mm. the weird part. And like right. when anyone's loved one dies, there's like with or without jade, you know. I'm sure they're walking on eggshells around her, like you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It started with him telling her, "I'm supposed to take you home," and she's like. I've got to go to the bank. Hilo will understand. And then she gets back in the car and he's like, oh, do you want to go home? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, shit. Exactly. And she's like decked out in Jade and she's a call and she was like top of her class. Yeah. So like she goes from like Jade-less woman to like, oh, fuck, you could fuck me up. <laughs> yeah. Do you think at this point yeah. he knows she's she like legitimately and like on paper outranks him? Oh yeah, yeah. As a call for sure. Well, as a call, but she didn't at like she didn't before she went into the bank, right? Because she was she was a call. She was faux royalty, but like she had no actual standing within the within the clan anymore. But after putting on her jade, she hasn't officially joined yet. Like it's this weird in between. But I wonder if, like, he knew she would be taking up a significant, like, important role within the clan. I'm curious. Like, this isn't, I feel like I'm making these comments and they're they're coming off as, like, accusatory or, like, (laughs) aggressive or whatever. I'm I'm genuinely curious about, like, how, (laughs) how this Jade interacts with people and, like. No, I think, I think. Just like Mulan. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, I think Shay putting on her jade is like a little bit like, oh, fuck. Okay. Like, she's showing back up. Like, I think she does, like, walk back into the taxi and she's she's now, you know, second in command. And a lot has to do with, like, him deferring to Hilo on that as well. Like, his deference to Hilo. He knows, like, in that situation, Shay's got her jade back. She's coming back to the house. Like, he knows, like, he's not going to be standing up to her in any well, kind of way. And all these fools know, including Hilo, know that jade or not, Shay is has more of a handle on what's going on <laughs> than the rest of them in terms of like politics. And relations. He seems to be their only smart strategist. At this strategist, point. Yeah, yeah. At this yeah. point, I mean, like they and and you see it throughout the rest of these chapters. Like everyone knows they need her, especially Hilo. The way he like doesn't fight back in the the latter chapters of this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a lot. And there's there's a lot here. You know, this was something that you guys have been talking about since like week one. When's she going to do it? When's she going to do it? And it takes this like the shove. Yeah, you knew she was going to do it. But it does take the shove to finally make it feel like this is the right time to do it. And, you know, I I do want to just add in here. I know that we've been talking about that all consuming nature and the sort of inevitability of it. She compares it to a tsunami and a tidal wave and like all of these different things that are inexorable that you just can't avoid in that moment. And I love I love that idea as a concept of like she is pushed 
and this was what I think it's in the next chapter. So maybe I shouldn't say this, but or the chapter after, but like she's pushed by the gods. This was what she asked for. And she didn't like what she got. Yeah. She, yeah. and then she felt like guilty because blonde died and she mm-hmm. asked for this like push. I know it's crazy how all these people think it's their fault that Lon died, especially Aiden, you know, Anden, mm-hmm. Jesus, who's Aiden? <laughs> Great question. Aiden, Aiden Brody? Just kidding. It's Adrian. <laughs> and taking on all this guilt. I, it's kind of interesting that Hilo doesn't seem to take personal responsibility as much as Anden and Shay do. But, anyways, yeah. it's all Lon's fault for fucking eating up that shine. OD. OD, indeed. All right. <clears throat> There's a lot Anything of else vices. On there are a lot of vices of Lon's that collided and uh, would have kept him safe had he not participated. Like being at the Lilac Divine in general. Or like telling, you know, one or two Wound. fists yeah. that you're going and they can hang out with you. Yep. And kill Cheeky and fucking Barrow for you. Being smart about like illicit drug use, even. Alive. Yeah. Like Moot is a better drug user than Lon is. Isn't tough, that crazy to think about? Look for that's our guy, that's tough. Lon. <laughs> yeah, he never needed to he's learn. A sweet okay. boy. He doesn't know he's anything just about drugs. He's a sweet drugs. boy. He was like, "Oh, I should have taken a half dose." <laughs> Guess I'll die. Guess I'll I feel like I'm dying. <laughs> uh, I'll just need a bath. I'll be good. I do want to say <laughs> he goes out like, so quietly in the water. Can we go back to like? I do. He deserved a better death than that. I mean, it, he died with a whisper. It was tough. It was very long. Very long of him. Yeah. <laughs> to sneak out the back door. To just die quietly. Man, I wish he died like fucking killing all I know. these. That's what I wanted for him. Idiots. But the Irish goodbye of Greenbone deaths. Yeah. Do you think he was, was. Born for that kind of death? <laughs> I, I am very sad to see Long go. And. He was a sweet, sweet boy. He was a sweet boy. That's all we're going to say. That's all we have to say about him. Yeah. I, I think we'll be able to say more about it at the funeral, too, because there's a lot there, right. you know, to, to unpack in the emotions. So we're not quite done with our sweet boy yet. I forgot um, what they say. May the gods be ever in his favor. <laughs> may the gods shine upon him. What do they say? I think it's may the gods shine upon you. May the gods upon not him. forget you. There's like a saying. There's also there's there's so many good things. We'll we'll definitely we'll talk about it when we get there. All right. So chapter thirty three, down from the forest. We start in the perspective of Gaunt Ash preparing for a conflict with Hilo before we move back to Shay planning a ruse and claiming part of the Mountain Clan's historic territory, their betting houses. Shay, eyes set ablaze with revenge on the mind, captures the Kong Lady while the double double burns in the background. The chapter ends with a declaration of open war between the clans. So one of the things that I really adore about Fonda Lee's writing, we've called her a masterclass of like world building in very casual ways. The down from the forest term, the ground has been laid before, but its use here is just so wonderful. And it's it's just this wrapping in of world history, right? So on the day that we're recording this, it's the Ides of March. And it'd be like casually talking about the Ides of March all the time and then just bring it up and being like, this is the real thing from history that's actually happening right now in the parallel. And it's just so effortless that I love, love it. That was very well done. Yeah, I don't have a lot to add to that. That's great. Good writing. Yeah. Well, I, I love 
Shay just like, just like, all right, I'm in charge of all the outsmarting everybody. Cause she, and she knows Hilo so well. She's like, Mm. gotta um, love a good scheme. Yeah. (laughs) But she's like, okay, this is what Hilo's going to do. That's exactly what Gaunt Ash is going to expect. So why don't we do this instead? And then Hilo listens to her to his credit, even though she's like not been experienced, you know? Yeah. She hasn't been around this in a long time. And so it's just a return to form. And he's like all for it and in the same boat of rage. And he was willing to dive in headfirst and just do the expected thing. He'd even gone so far as to go through the ritual of cutting his tongue, expecting not to make it back. Ugh, yeah. Which I don't like that interesting ritual. in and of itself. I wanted yeah. to bring that up. Like, how do we think they do it? Is it like a slice to the top of the tongue? Is it more like a, a stabbing pinprick of the tongue with the knife? <laughs> like, what's up? Because he's talking. He's given tool speeches after this. His tongue can't be sliced too badly. <laughs> mm-hmm. That seems like I a light saw it slice. As a light a, slice. Like a vertical or a, like a vertical slice. Like long. Down yeah. the tongue. Yeah. Me too. Mm-hmm. But a light, um, a light like slice. He, like they lit the blade almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Enough to draw get, blood. Okay. We do get later the spitting on the blade for luck. Mm-hmm. And you know, your tongue heals. Faster than like normal skin. So. Yeah, it's got Wolverine blood in it. It does. That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> Not the X Man though, but the Beast. <laughs> no, just the Beast. <laughs> just, just the animal. The old tiny Wolverine. <laughs> Little known fact about human anatomy. Every human uh, at birth has to have a vial of Wolverine blood injected into its tongue, just in case, just before time. it can become human, be let free into the world. Yeah, that's why your taste buds change over time. It's as the blood diminishes. Mm-hmm. In in this though, we do get the actual war itself. So we see them showing up to Crown Street. I want to say it is where they go ahead, or the south part of the armpit. Patriot Street. And they go for these three different betting houses, the Palace of Fortune, the Double Double, the Kong Lady, and go Great in names, by the way. And yes. kill everyone. Every sorry, not everyone, every green bone in some of the just just brilliant, intense battle scenes that are great. The one-on-one duel that Shay has briefly is is excellent. And just sort of the way that she just feels very naturally back and attuned to Jade all um, goes to show her proficiency, like we said before. There's just a lot there. What'd you guys make of the the kills? As yeah, I have a question that mm-hmm. I wasn't I couldn't answer on my own. So Shay comments or thinks Pondo comments, whatever. And how it feels just like in the academy, like all her moves, you know, when Shay's like cutting someone and killing them. So had Shay killed anyone before? So did she like graduate and then like drop her jade? Like, is this her first actual dead body? I think we're meant to believe that there was a time when she was in the clan because she explicitly says that the Espenian connections were her own separate thing, separate from the clan, separate from her grandfather. So I think upon graduating, Hilo and Shay begin, kind of, not, you know, in air quotes, at the ground level. She's in the clan until she finds out about Doru, basically. And that's when she, like, p- 
pieces out effectively shortly thereafter. Well, so she is a graduate. She's clearly a acquired some jade. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, she has her necklaces and bangles. So how'd she get that? And yep. she was being groomed for the weatherman's position, I think. And mm-hmm. that was all after school? Yeah. Yeah. That's my understanding. Okay. Because okay. in school, you're just in school, as we've seen Andon. Like, he can't really sure. leave freely all the time. So, yeah, when she when she was, like, cutting people down, I, I had the thought, like, is it, has she killed people before? So I guess the answer is yes. I got some Matrix, I know Kung Fu vibes out of that situation with her being like oh yeah i know right. kung fu i know how to do this <laughs> I, I know kung fu very very good call it, it absolutely feels that way yeah she picked out the other four jade auras in the room like a cobra sensing body heat mm. that was very sweet <laughs> just going for him and yeah. all the vibes i get from shay is that she's just a total fucking badass yeah this these all this Whole battle war scene was was fantastic just like the the laying down of the gauntlet like we're just gonna kill everyone with jade and then yeah the hunting aspect the actual fighting the action was written really well it was extremely exciting i was like i really really want more of this i was like this is what yeah you know I paid the price of admission for right here. You didn't pay shit. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We bought you the book. You paid the price this of time. Lon's death. Mm-hmm. Emotionally. Yeah. The whole thing felt like a violent fever dream to Shay. Ugh. And it does feel like a violent fever dream. For sure. I will say, this is one of the moments that I think there is a good delineation between the audiobook and physically reading it. There is a natural tempo that I feel like you preserve as a reader in these moments that you kind of need to like stop and slow down and be like, whoa, versus the way that it was read in the audiobook. I listened to both, or I did both this week, and I definitely preferred that experience. Yeah, but- I think I think overall, my experience with this audiobook is that I prefer my own reading cadence. Head, but it's a good, you know, recap for sure. The audio yeah, book. it's still a good experience. It's just the preferred experience is a reading one. Mm-hmm. All right. An interesting aspect to me of this is how awkward, to me at least, Shay has been until this point. And then once she puts the jade on, everything is natural. There's no thinking. There's like, and yeah. we see it later too, especially, but she's just so good at all this. Whereas yeah. before she was so like muddling He's the one that's meant for like. it. Clunky, yeah. 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 And then just because I enjoyed this and we haven't touched on it yet, I was curious what we thought about the Hilo and Wen moment and then Hilo in the courtyard after, if anything. In this chapter, what was the. Yes. What was the after part? What was I don't the, remember yeah. that. There was the comment where, from Shay's perspective, where she sees Hilo and Wen like forehead to forehead, and she feels like she's intruding on a really intimate moment, which is a fair assessment of the situation. Like she is, like that—that's a really intimate moment, intruding not intentionally, but like that's hard to get around. That's—I mean—and that I like that about Hilo is like, even though we've talked in the past about just like him kind of treating when like shit and i think that comes from him not necessarily understanding relationships (laughs) and like 
her. He does care about her a ton, and that, and that makes me like him and empathize with him. I also can't believe I forgot to bring up the incredible moment where Hilo, shortly after that moment where they're sending out the decoy cars, leans down on the ground, forehead, and then screams up at the sky, can you hear me? Can you hear me? I'm ready to die. The clan is my blood, and the pillar is its master. And that's just... It's this sort of unbridled rage that you come to expect from a reaction like this and who, sort of the way that these rules have been violated. Who do you think he's yelling at in this scenario? Anybody? Because I can't I can't pin it down. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's the bit with Shay, right? Is that right. she's not sure who's, yeah, who's right. yelling at the troops, the window of the grandfather's room the departed spirit, right? So she goes through and lists all these things off for the gods themselves. I, my interpretation is that it's just sort of a general response. You, I would say I would, I align most with the gods themselves. To the haters? Yeah, to the haters. <laughs> yeah. Is all. Haters with a Z. <laughs> but it's, I, I align with the like, gods themselves, with fate. Yeah. And it might not even be at anyone. It's just I think it was, his despair. I think it's intended shouting for... Shouting into the wind. Yeah. I think it's intended for a lot of targets in that situation. The gods. To, call, La- to Lon even. Lon, yeah. I mean, it's like for anybody who wants to hear it. Mm-hmm. He's I, like, Genshu. See me now. I yeah. I don't want to lead anyone here, but my take on this is that it was a genuine despair and just yelling out into whoever mm-hmm. is listening, but also that, I mean, we see the reaction from his troops and Shay sees the reaction from his troops. And even she is moved by this display. And so I thought, you know, we see in the heat of all these moments in previous chapters, he is thinking very tactfully and tactically. And so I think, you know, probably a little two for one going on. Right. I would agree. He's always got the men on his, on his the, mind, on, on his mind and, and or well, the troops anyway, because they have yeah. women too. So he's really always got the, those people like he's that type of leader kind of a player's coach i would say and that? i think that's yeah i would i would definitely agree with he's you like, there. let's all get pumped up to get fucked up <laughs> <laughs> and he's not afraid to like lead by example like i like that about Hilo. he'll step into the yeah, fire absolutely and that's that's something that we definitely get into way later at the last chapter this week where we really start to see that he knows people so thomas i i'm inclined to agree with you that there is some of that sort of presentation aspect but I think it's all of them, mm-hmm. you know, at the same degree yeah. or to varying degrees. But I did say earlier, Patriot Street, they crossed Patriot Street to go to poor man's row, which is where they're going. OK, so just a clarification, because Patriot yeah, Street really is about important for other reasons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. OK, well, people will yell at me on the Internet for it. So I have to <laughs> yeah, absolutely correct will. myself. Before I eat. But hey, anyone yeah. who yells at you on the Internet. They'll have to deal with Shay with her jade on. Players fuck True. up sometimes. True. Aaron, Aaron with her jade on. Yeah, don't mess with Aaron. Ooh, I like some Leave jade. Us five stars only. Green was always my favorite color. <laughs> jade set of die of die, multi sided die for a D and D. It'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. All right, nice. Roll awesome. our fate. It's really tough not to get shivers when we move from this claiming of the poor man's row by no peak, and then coming back to Gaunt Ash's perspective in the end, um, taking this phone call about the 21 members that are dead and this sort of declaration of war that really comes out. He says, call Lon is dead. 
His family has come down from the forest. We are now at open war with no peak. Their lives and livelihoods are for the taking. And Jade goes to the victor. Aha. Gone Ash, don't fuck around. <laughs> it's it it's I mean, Fonda Lee does such a great job of making you like the bad guys, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it, I question still, are Gaunt and Mata the bad guys? I don't know. I'm joining, <sighs> I'm joining the winning team, whichever team I, it is. <laughs> I have a theory. Band it hasn't it. quite come up yet, but I have a theory that poses... Uh, is this Conspiracy Corner, PJ? Sounds maybe, Conspiracy Corner maybe, adjacent. Maybe. Adjacent. Is it worth bringing up right now? Do it. Okay. I don't know what it is, so I don't know. Right. So, <laughs> no. so the entirety of sort of Doru's horrific backstory and like what makes him horrible. I was expecting it to come out this week, but knowing like come like out just to the way everyone else, I think it's Call Sen. I think everything that happened was actually Call Sen, and Doru is the man. Taking the, the ball guy for it. Wow. Because that's better for the clan. Fucking love it. But if if we're in conspiracy, uh, okay. Oh, we're, we're not talking pedophilia though, right? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, that wouldn't explain Didn't why mean he to has say fuck the- yeah. That sounded bad. <laughs> not rooting for pedophilia. <laughs> I, I like Shay's accusation towards and her proof against Doru, I think is proof against her grandfather and doesn't realize it. Dora would be really hard into the bit then if he's hiring younger and he, younger secretaries, he, though. So but where, like, that's, that's, that's really such a good point. That's such a good point. I have my own conspiracy okay. corner, okay. but I've, I'm waiting to bring it up until this certain person gets mentioned. Okay, okay. we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. I like where your head's at, cool. though, PJ. That's an interesting one. Like I, I was really does, expecting does feed some into that conversation chapter. to happen, and it didn't. <laughs> And like it's just digging me into or pushing me into a corner of like Doru is hiding something, not not buckling under this. Doru's pressure. hiding forty things, yeah, you know. Doru's, like that's fair. Ev- that's everyone's hiding things. Hmm. Cool. I think we're good with thirty-three. Okay. Cut, cut. Alrighty. Chapter thirty-four. You owe the dead. Shay awakens from the bloodletting of the previous evening, battered in body and mind and Jade. After being brought up to speed by Hilo, she realizes that he is now the pillar of no peak, and though she despairs for the future of their clan, she agrees ultimately to become his weatherman. Finally, right? It had to happen. She's the only smart person in no peak. (laughs) (laughs) At least you two smart people later. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean with like actual With Jade and legacy. Yeah. The ability okay. to take over. <laughs> I'll give you legacy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she. She's the only smart person that can make a difference. Yes. Right. And he legitimizes her and she legitimizes him. But without each other, they're illegitimate. So, like, they they have to have both. Mm-hmm. I agree. Both calls to equal one lawn. <laughs> Just kind of crazy considering they together feel like they're more than Lon. Well, we saw Lon fraying 
But like mm-hmm. in terms That's of fair. what like the lantern men saw strength, yeah. They much. saw strength and well, I guess discerning. there was some questioning. But with Hilo, he's you know hothead, and then no yeah. one knows Shay. Everybody's she's been got a MIA. clear impression of Hilo. Yeah, so they kind of legitimize each other. Well, um, yeah, they have to. Yeah, they need like Hilo needs her, and she has to be there for Hilo, or else he's fucked. So it's like it's a which, lot of what's she gonna do? Be like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. And and as much as I wanted Shay to put on her jade, it is like a very shitty way to be forced into the role, you know. But like we said at the very beginning, it really opens a storyline for both these characters that's way more interesting than where they were headed before Lon passed. Yeah. I totally agree. It's just so this chapter is so good. Yeah. There's an interesting tidbit in that we learn jade abilities can be sore, which I thought was notable. Oh, my fucking mm-hmm. jade hurts, man. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> Needs some ibuprofen. It's like an external muscle system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's you a cool work out for the first time and after a really long time of not working out. Yeah, right, PJ? You feel that? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Don't know what you're talking about not at all. tomorrow, <laughs> then you won't be able to walk. <laughs> <laughs> so... It, it like it makes Jade feel like a living exoskeleton to a certain degree and like makes the adding of more Jade make sense as like it's it's an additional resource. It's stronger, but it's also dangerous and and intrusive. I'm still trying to figure it out and like how it makes sense in my mind, the the best way to describe it, but it's cool to see that sort of living embodiment of it. It also makes sense, like how Shay is able to just put it back on and it feels like riding a bike because like it hasn't deteriorated. It isn't her muscles. It isn't a symbiosis that she's neglected. It just is itself and is able to jump in to whatever as long as her body can handle the the tidal wave that she talked about. Mm-hmm. And like body and mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Speaking about the jade abilities, I do really enjoy the sort of depiction of perception. And I think we get a really good description here. Perception told her she was not the only one awake. Now that she could once again sense jade auras as automatically as she discerned color, it seems unthinkable that she would never again feel the cool, heavy texture of Lon's presence. Yet there it was, a truth more immutable and unforgiving than the gravity on a falling body. That kind of adds despair, too, because she's realizing mm-hmm. too late that the last time she had Jade on and Lon was alive was years ago. Also, as a reader, I was like, okay, Lon is definitely dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, PJ, he's not Jesus, as you said. No resurrection for there's, Lon. All right, there's that, like, there's that delicious texture to to this whole thing of like it's it's automatic and it's this extra sense it's it's sight in its own way which i thought was a great a great extra layer it's an additional sense entirely a sixth sense if you want Mm -hmm. to call it that that's it that's all i want to bring up with that the sixth sense is love um is it i thought it was (laughs) 
Like Lon, who's dead. <laughs> who's dead? <laughs> uh, there are a couple other interesting <laughs> things in this chapter. One of them... <laughs> Are, two of them are kind of related. We get some more Ketanese culture stuff, which I always love. And we, when Shay asked if Doru's dead, and Lon's, or, and Hilo says he wanted to taint Lon's funeral with that, with the bad luck. It's kind of an interesting concept. And then there's Shay's reaction to Hilo being the youngest pillar ever, which is like, we get all these, like, the clan system is fairly new. It's, since the end of the many nations war which ended 40 50 years ago right so it's like there's not that much time there's been two pillars of new no Pete. there's been two pillars of the mountain we don't know about the other clans but like there hasn't been a ton of time it's just like <laughs> weird to see the reaction to semi-new institutions and treating them like these ancient things which is you know a thing we do just yeah. in, in real life so it does make sense but it is just interesting to think about and it, it, what's further complicated about that is like it, they're new clans individually, but it, they still are steeped in this really ancient tradition mm-hmm. that are it, that's shared. Like it, it's a recent recent split, mm-hmm. but th- they still are holding on to these really really ancient ideals. Like it it, it doesn't feel like a new rivalry because everything that's leading up it, up to it is, is ancient, ancient tradition. It's, it's complicated. And I yeah, love like, it for that reason. AO show and all the, the concepts of like dueling green bones and all that. I show. Thank Aisha. you. Yeah. So like it does speak to like, obviously in the past green bones must've been beefing. Mm-hmm. Well, in the past, though, they had the foreigners to worry about, and they had a reason to work together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this, I don't know, this inter-clan warring seems way worse. They need, like, a foreign body to attack so that they have a reason to team up, which could happen. <laughs> How could it happen? The Do you have a- Benia, other, other countries that we don't know about. Yucatan or whatever. Yucatan. Jade City 2. Return. The Shatarians. Shatarians. Did they wipe them out? I can't remember. Yeah, they just... Just off the island. The entire country. The Shatarians come out with drones. Wow. Fucking drones? I mean, maybe aliens come. Maybe the, you know, from the... uh, The gods? Maybe. The gods Beyond the belt. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, the the main uh, issue here is that the mountain is thirsty for you know growth and change and it's causing all this interfighting whereas if we had an outside source of you know fighting then all the green bones could join up again there's Just also like a growing number of before. foreigners reliance on shine well thanks to the mountain that can only be really effectively produced and distributed and ser- like they, they can only be serviced to a certain degree during peacetime. So like a war with these clans is going to create strife with a growing number of shine reliant individuals 
outside of the clan. <laughs> like it, it, it's a, it's a house of cards to a certain degree. That's going to cause really major rippling effects. I think. Yep. Yeah. We get a lot of details on that house of cards. I think in like chapter 40 or 39, the, mm-hmm. the big Shay chapter when she makes it to ship street and, I, I'm so excited to talk about that one, but I'm going to shut up. Okay. It's Thomas' sister. So we already touched on Hilo's decision to mate Shea Weatherman, but I guess in a sort of inside baseball sense, I'm curious what we think of the, the decision to mate these chapters following Lon's death so Shea-centric. Why Why in a baseball sense? Oh, it's just that's like a... I meant like we're like talking about... Like a craft the, question. Yes, yeah. Like, yeah. Not so much a like from a Fonda Lee perspective. Yes. Why use Shay as the central POV? Yeah, because it's you know on this face it's like a very violent set of chapters. You would think, oh, cool, we're about to get Hilo fucking shit up. She made the decision to bring Has in. Has Hilo had kind of like his own chapters where he's the yeah yeah not too many of them. I right? mean, so is Shay though. Yeah. Before this, I think it you feel the emotional situation. A lot more through Shay. I feel like with Hilo, it it burned too hot, and we need to be more analytical, understanding the emotion and the grief of the situation, as well as having her perspective of the way that the clan is changing. I think Shay's also ma- making the biggest change here. Like yeah. Hilo to Pillar is a big change, but he isn't putting on all his jade and you know, bearing the yoke of responsibility like Shay is. I mean, I guess they both are in different ways, but Shay's Shay's just seems like a bigger 180, you know? Like, I don't want any jade. I don't want to be involved. To now I'm the weatherman. I think to a certain extent as well, Shay approaches things a little bit more rationally, I would say. Just a little bit. Just, Just a little, little bit. bit. But it also, from like a dramatic and, and a reader-centric point of view, this allows us to experience fairly intimately what Hilo is doing as Pillar without being in his head. And we get to like question his decision-making while still being pretty close to it and understanding the full breadth of the decision-making process and like the, the full sort of war plan. But we, but we still have that enigma that is Hilo as pillar. Like, I I think it was a brilliant way to like get really, really close to the pillar without being Hilo's point of view. And I think, I think this change is Shay is more interesting than Hilo's story. Her reaction's way more interesting than his. Sorry, his Hilo. is expected. But we, we still love him. I like him more every week now. I do too. Yeah. Hilo's boop, boop, boop. Like Mario. Like we've been saying for weeks, she's been straddling the line and now she's finally, you know, completely tipped over. Mm-hmm. Launched off the seesaw by an event <laughs> that she couldn't counterweight. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Catapult. Pew. What other metaphor do you want me to mix up here? We can do it. Shot through a t-shirt cannon. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pushed off the fence like Humpty Dumpty. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fine. Will she ever get back to the other fence, yeah. or was it a wall? 
It was a you wall. Had a great but... fall from a wall. <laughs> like a castle moat wall. Pretty sure it was I just thought fence. we were mixing up metaphors, so <laughs> yeah. I leaned into it. Oh, my bad. I'm and there are no other drinks. comments on this chapter. I'd like to close us out with the last quote because just banner after banner in this chapter of just awesome quotes, often clo- awesome closing out of chapters. Any objections? Go ahead. Okay. So this comes after Hilo asks her to be weatherman. She's like, oh my God, this will be the end of No Peach. She thinks about her visit to Andin to the temple of asking for an unequivocal sign of what to do. And then if No Peach held any hope of surviving, the pillar needed a weatherman he could trust. Who else in the clan could stand up to Hilo? Who else could moderate him? Could keep him from getting himself killed and taking the clan down with him? Lon's spirit would never be at peace if that happened. It's not true that the dead don't care, Shay thought. You owe the dead. Shay slid slowly from the chair and knelt on the cold kitchen tile. Trace clasped hands to her forehead. The clan is my blood and the pillar is its master. On my honor, my life, and my jade. Now that is a shivers ending to me. We also see Shay. Shivers Shay. reminds me of... Never mind. The first law? Yeah. What? Sorry. <laughs> I was like, on my like, honor, my life, law? and my jade, too. And I my was, fucking I was, jade. I was doing the same and thing. also my jade. Yeah. And shivers jade. And also with you. didn't you. read the first law. You don't know what we're talking about. I just bought it the, a couple months ago. It's very good. Whoop whoop. No. I love that those are on the back of each of the books that i have that quote in like broken up mm-hmm. into segments and it is we also see kind of like you know in previous chapter she touches on she never liked Hilo's penchant for the dramatic but she understood the assignment in this moment you know she knew she had to she turned to be like yeah i'll do it she had to if she's gonna be a green bone she has to be a green bone and it takes humility to kneel to her brother who she has you know fought against her whole life so this this just shows again that Shay is on top of what needs to be done and she's not putting herself first she's putting the clam first you know this was not her plan so good for Shay I'm on team Shay this week big week for her big week mm-hmm. big week yeah. all right with that oh go ahead no I, I feel like I and I feel like Aaron and I specifically gave Shay a lot of shit the last couple of weeks. <laughs> I don't. I'm not ashamed uh, to admit that damn. I. I yep. Yeah. I'm on the she, shit shit given train. It feels like she redeemed herself to a certain degree here. Yes, hundred percent. Push came to shove, and and she took a side. So I'm not ashamed to also be a turncoat. <laughs> as evidenced multiple times in this episode no you flip I could be in the mountain it. we'll see in the future what happens <laughs> alright with that let's get into chapter 35 here an unexpected reception we return to Barrow who is patched up in a clinic before returning to Moot Moot aghast at what Barrow has accomplished by killing Call Lon tells him to skip town before the mountain catches him and provides him a quick exit out of John Loon Yes. What were you guys' thoughts on this whole reaction of the clinic on Moot? Barrow is fucking getting what he deserves, and I fucking love it. Moot's smarter than he looks. What's he deserve? He He doesn't deserve praise. 
and Jade, and he's not getting it. He's getting shoved down a, a escape tunnel. Yeah, I think this is a pretty savvy move on Moot's part. He's just like, this is bad for me, even though... <laughs> I love the face like you made as you said that too. It would be good, <laughs> but it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's bad. It's real bad. And it's real bad. Barrow was proud of himself and love that as well. Like he just gets shut down, and I love him getting shut down. Yeah, I don't want him to ever achieve his dreams and, yeah. at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck you, fucked up. You should not have killed Lon. Nobody wanted this. And now you get no reward and no glory. And no it is Jade. a really interesting sort of cross section that he's found himself at, though, because logically, like his argument makes sense. These are two opposing forces. Of course, they'd want him to take the take the leap and take down this guy. He doesn't see the intricacies of. There are these like side deals going on. They don't want outright war. And it was just never considered within the realm of possibilities that like Juan would die to this like little, little attack on the club. So I feel like Barrow is in a position where like to his total understanding, he did the right thing. And he was in the right. But with the our understanding of the bigger picture, yeah, he fucked with something way bigger than what he understood. Are you Team Barrow, PJ? I don't think I'm Team Barrow, but I you think I... I think he's a Barrow apologist. Oh yeah, it God. sounds I like, think I can, like <laughs> PJ. <laughs> I understand where he's coming from, though. Like, I understand his I, I frustrations. Agree. He's concerned. like, these people yeah, totally. would lynch me and is on cloud nine. Just an all-time <laughs> fuck. Yeah, nobody really nobody hated, likes Barrow. I really hated the moments where Ron he's walking. personally beat the shit out of him. Good. Yeah. He shot at him. Before, before that. Hilo beat Hilo the shit did. out of him. Yeah, and he did it. The mage did it. It was, it was, yeah. it was no peak. No peak Lon beat the shit him. out of him. Mercy. Mm-hmm. Lon yeah. mer- did Showed give him, him mercy. Some fucking mercy. And yeah. we t- we said from the beginning that was a horrible, horrible mistake. And and in again, that case we're the, from all pro child death. Again, Barrow um, escapes, <laughs> and he's probably going to show back up and ruin it for somebody. Who knows who he's mad at now? He's going to go find Gerald from Spinia and bring him back. <laughs> 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 Just a fuck hey, shit yeah. team up. Bunch of fuck faces. Two fuck faces now. Man. Uh, whatever. Yeah. This was like there was a really old poll on Twitter forever ago. It was a it was a cascading thing that they were doing at the time, and it was the worst villains in book series. And Barrow Jade City was on the list, and it made it to the finals <laughs> next to Sauron. Oh my and God. it beat Sauron on the poll. <laughs> Sauron's way worse than Barrow. <laughs> Is he? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I think so. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was Broken Binding that that did that. There's uh, something you can respect they, about they started, Sarah. So good. he's just yeah, he's fucking building shit, infrastructure yeah. through yep. the roof, uh, infrastructure. <laughs> Speaking of Sauron, uh, Ben, I finally finished 
whatever the fucking rings of power yeah rings of power oh shit i haven't started i haven't seen that no spoilers he just still has two episodes yeah you didn't start it yet i have not it's so old no was it good it was it was great get to it it's great nice and the dragon was on at the same time it was tough i watched all but the last two episodes and i took a Four month break, and then I watched the last. That's two PJ episodes. right now. PJ is on it. Has watched through episode six and has not watched the last two episodes. I just kind so of like for some uh, reason I just like something happened in my life where I was just like, eh, that's happening to me the last, with anymore. the Last of Us right now. I've got like three oh, episodes I didn't left. Even start the Last of Us. Gotta I do don't it. like. I, I don't know. This weekend, I guess I I'm not totally team hype because when everyone likes something, I like wait to the Last watch of Us it. is actually good. Isn't that? I'll just see. I just wait to do it. Definition of team hype. No, t- she's saying she's not team hype, right? Cause, like, because, like, if everyone oh, likes that's it, I'm, I'm like, the team of no hype. Yeah. Never mind. I, miss, yeah. I misheard. Right. Anyway. But I will end up watching it late, and then I'll be like, oh, this is good. That's good. <laughs> I'm um, sorry. More thoughts on Barrow. We, we, I sidetracked beginning with the, the broken binding Sauron thing. So it was my bad. <laughs> but it was an important bit. Yeah. Um, Barrow, I'm sure I'll bring it up four more times. Fuck, fuck Barrow. I'm glad that he didn't get any glory. And I hope that he has to crawl through sewage for miles. I would like to echo what Thomas was saying earlier too. Like I think his the worst moment, worst Barrow moment in this chapter is him walking around, and be like, "Look at all these sad fucking people." He was like, "I did this." He's like so proud of himself. It's just like you fucking dick, and that just yeah. that speaks to who Barrow is on a deep level. That he, yeah. Barrow deserves to be electrocuted by his nipples (laughs) and strung up by his pinky toes. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't ready to go that far. Oh my God. I'm not going to stop you. Remember, that is that is our outro of what happens (laughs) to you if you don't leave us a five star review. Brew. I I got I gotta say I pretty I pretty much agree. Like I I think it's it's tough to I I understand exactly what you're saying, PJ. He has been removed and held down by the system for so long, and has just been kind of complacent inside of KCon and like wants a piece of that power because he sees that power and thinks that all he needs is the jade to get it, and selfishly and single mindedly pursues that and feels like he's deserving. So I I totally but, agree but with not- you on the side of like. Not undeserved, not not in a way yeah, that's right. like outside of the realm of like a a jump of conclusions, you know, like right. They want us to shoot up this Dupree, which I know to be this guy's. So logically, they don't think I'm capable of this, but this would be a favorable outcome to them. Improve myself, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like it makes sense in my head and in the same way that it makes sense in Barrow's head. If I remove all of my understanding going forward of like the, if you just horse blinder into the POV. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Makes him endlessly frustrating though, as a, as a reader having the dramatic irony that in reality Barrow just started this war and Moot is smart enough to also realize that he just started the fucking war which is its own thing as well on Moot love that he's superstitious like that and he says you know you've got some weird luck of the gods on you I don't want to mess with that I'm gonna you know get out of here I love that for him you know it reminds me of like like a savvy character yeah it's like a very sports 
sort of superstition thing to me where you like you have your weird rituals and you don't want to shit talk too much necessarily because you don't want to get the bad juju going. Uh, oh, I don't just, have those It felt very relatable. I, I, I agree with you on the side of like that, that reaction from Moot. I also think it's interesting that he also respects Barrow because Barrow just made him a fuck ton of money in general. So like, he's like, you were the only guy who did, did the duty all the time. Like in addition to the luck, like, I'm not going to fuck with that, but on top of that, the only reason I'm doing this to you is because I am obscenely wealthy because of you. Pharaoh just lacks any empathy. He doesn't even give a fuck. I also have (laughs) a problem with that. He doesn't care that Cheeky died. He has like no no care for others. He doesn't care that Cheeky died. He doesn't care that he killed someone. You know, there's not even a second where it's like, I took another human being's life. It, it's more because like it's, it's pride. Yeah, exactly. that was the goal, <laughs> and it's a means to an end. Like th- this is like horrible jade fever, and like this is the most extreme means to an end possible in getting jade. Potentially, totally, totally, totally. Like this guy's fucked. Yeah, <laughs> off the deep end. But again, I think he's gonna pop up. And we're he's going to do some fucked up shit. We're just going to hate him even more. Based <laughs> upon that question for the readers. Do we think Barrow pops up? Part two. Do we think Barrow gets his hand on some sweet, sweet? Yes and yes. Yes and yes. Yes and yes. I think it'll be a while before Barrow actually gets jaded. And I think he'll get more desperate and more like feral about it. I like it. I like it. Cool. All right. Anything else in this chapter? I I still like Red the dope. name Moot. And Moot. Moot's a good guy. <laughs> I didn't like Moot first time we met him. I liked him more after this chapter. And Moot is a great example of taking shine responsibly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like Moot is sort of like if Barrow had empathy, maybe. Like there's the sort of when we meet him, Barrow considers him a self-made man in this world of green bones he was able to attain, but he's like the platonic ideal of what Barrow could be, I guess. If if Barrow had a single brain cell, he would be very close to Moot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Barrow's yeah. a fucking idiot. Unfortunately, he lacks <laughs> I also, brain cells. Thank you for bringing that up. I think that's part of why Moot keeps him alive, because he probably thought, you know, this kid must be a little savvy to have survived, but then once he's like, oh, He's an absolute moron. <laughs> you dumb It's fuck. all luck. Yeah. I don't want to mess with that luck. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Moot. Chapter. Moot. Chapter 36. Let the gods recognize him. Hilo leads the funeral procession for his brother Lon and observes the very stringent Tetanese tradition surrounding the passing of a loved one. His grief is complicated not only by his new role as Pillar, but the public nature of this role sort of politicking that follows so this was obviously a very rich chapter a lot of emotions going on a lot of Ketanese lore going on and a lot of learning about maybe not a lot there's some learning of what Elo's role and position as pillar is going to be to start off you know I think it's it means a lot how they know there will be no fighting because it would be such bad luck to interrupt a funeral. So just the respect of the gods and of like 
luck and how much luck means is really showing here during this chapter because, you know, No Peak just fucked up the mountain, but they know they there won't be retaliation until after the funeral. There's also the interesting bit where they do do this like epic bloodletting and the they're so angry and violent, but they return the bodies after. So like even in the context of open war, a bridge like a, a bridge has already been crossed with the death of Lon. They still do observe the sort of ritualistic elements of that. Yeah, I lot, think th- lots of superstition. This is the last time we see superstition relied upon as a sort of shield from violence. Because after this, we start getting deviations from the Mountain Clan and their interactions with the Lantern Men and the the clan-held businesses as far as, like, the courtesy goes of the, like, peaceful surrender, leave, like... Specifically with the twice lucky, we we see that change. And I think that is going to be the catalyst of No Peak no longer trusts traditional understandings of interactions. Like If that had happened before the funeral, I don't think they would have conducted the funeral in the same way, I guess is what I'm saying. I like that point. PJ, do you think the bending, I guess sturding of traditions do you think there's a cause for that like what do you think is the reason i guess have they had a civil war like this i think just between the lesser clans right i feel like the mountain is just willing to push boundaries they're like the progressive clan and they're like willing to like push the envelope and challenge some of the ideals well yeah it's just like they're they're under, they understand the traditions and they respect the certain big ones that will like keep the other clans from all out direct reaction, but they're looking at the margins and seeing what they can exploit. And then they're pressing all of those things and that's how they're gaining the advantage. And they're just willing to do that. They're willing to be dirty. <laughs> a little bit oh, yeah. in a way that the other clans are not and yeah they'll respect the big things like returning dead and whatnot but anywhere where there's a little margin they're gonna go ahead and press 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 their luck there so yeah i don't know and shay kind of describes what ben's saying like at the end of this week all the stuff that the mountain's doing that like they need to step up or else they're not going to be able to wipe them out because they're the mountain's been doing this, you know, ahead of time. And now the, no peaks playing catch up. Right. They're forcing, they're like changing the game. And yeah. so like, if, if you're playing a different game than what the mountain is playing, you're going to continue to fall behind and, and they either have to adapt and change and change their approach or they're going to lose. There's just no other way around it because the mountain's not fighting fair under the like rules of Aisha or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just love this chapter. It's so rich with so many things. Yeah, the, you know, I think that the, the politics really come into view in this chapter big time. Like that was the thing that I took took away from it the most. Just like 
yeah, we had the war and we had the battle or the first battle, first skirmish of the war that's to come. But there's this whole giant political element that comes with it. And Hilo seems fully unequipped to handle that aspect. And so it's really like we got really got to get studied up, learned up on on the no peak side and figure out a plan on like how we're going to handle this politically. And I think that's where Shay can really shine. And we see that in her chapter later on. Yeah. But like Hilo having to like greet all the lantern men and like show strength. And then people are like disrespecting him to his face. But you can see how like quickly it could fall apart for them. Like just if they can't, get some of this like little political stuff right right off the bat here yeah it's it's walking a fine line and and it sucks that like during their beloved brother's funeral that they have to be like showing strength and politicking and not just mourning the loss of their family member Mm -hmm. and i think that will also come to an end i i think it's going to be a an unfortunate but fortunate appointment to to pillar to have somebody who's so militaristically focused as pillar in a wartime like it's going to be like having two horns well and they don't need to focus on the like civil side of things because everything is war from here on out like a criticism of lawn before this was that he wasn't ready to be a wartime pillar and like now mm-hmm. we get one, you know, right? But it's yeah. like Hilo can't handle the other aspect that Lon <laughs> was so good at, you know. So it's just like you're trading one problem for another, right? Hmm. Is that bad coaching by Lon, or is it fair enough to like, you know, shouldn't he maybe have been getting his horn a little versed in politics to the extent he could? I mean, you know, there is the I guess. Hilo probably ignored it, but so that's that's something that I brought up earlier that it it, it makes that implication of is the horn intended to be the successor to the pillar? Yeah, I didn't I didn't know if that it was just that specific like horn to pillar or if it's just a family thing where it was gonna be like natural brother to brother, where right. if it was lawn, like his brother would fill in the position. Yeah. If they weren't family members, would the pillarman have become the pillar? Or the horn question. Yeah. No, no, no. If it with Lon's death, if the horn wasn't the pillar's brother, if it wasn't like all right. one family, is the succession to the pillar the pillarman? Is that like his vice president? We have seen a secession before this. Not on stream we it was reca- recounted to us. And that was Aitmata. Aitmata? Well, she just yeah. killed she everybody. She just grabbed the position. So, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. <laughs> she like, fucked everybody up. <laughs> this is gang shit. So, really, it's about power and who has the power and who can control that power and who can galvanize it the quickest and take control of the situation. That's kind of what I, how I would think about it. But in, on the call side, because it's a family situation... It's natural. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the added bit that I would yeah. I would tag in there is that it is 
Specifically, Ait Madashi Mata being able to go in when she does is because he had no kids. Ait, Ait Sr. didn't have any children and had four basically people underneath him of whom were all being groomed for the role. Well, he, uh, or she was the adopted daughter. For the roles. Yes, she was the adopted do- I mean, I feel it. yes, but they were all kind of the adopted children, right? right. So I like older meant, brother. Know, we don't want to be yeah. out here saying yeah, yeah. adopted children aren't children. <laughs> So I <laughs> I think I would point to that it's mostly familial, with the exception of maybe the Horn and the Weatherman being able to take whomever. But the pillar seems to be directly lined up with the family. There's also, I think I, I would agree with that, Cross. But also, it seems that it is sort of complicated because when On and Hilo are going off to battle, do the duel in the first place after uh, the failed assassination of Hilo... Lon says to Shay, don't let Doru take over, basically. So there is the implication mm-hmm. that Doru also would have been able to yeah. become Pillar if the calls were eliminated. That's pretty interesting. So, or at the very least, a question. Yeah, there. so like, yeah. basically we don't necessarily know, but there are hints. I think it's just like it's there's going to be a vacuum and yeah. who fills the space. <laughs> yeah. Preference to legacy, but that's not a guarantee. So there's a lot going on in this chapter, obviously. One thing that stands out, we see not only Call Sen broken by the loss, but also their mother, Call Juan Ria, both just very heartbreakingly depicted in this chapter. Oh, this was tough. Yeah. Very tough. And Call Sen thinking it was due. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't really like Call Sen, but. He's had a lot of heartbreak. <laughs> that one. I was feeling it for him. Like, it's almost what Hilo thinks exactly. <laughs> I don't like him, but that sucks for that guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was tough. a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. Like, especially putting yourself in his shoes, he doesn't have the facilities to like really understand what's happening right mixing with the senility of the situation yeah when he's lucid he's absolutely a dick but when he's not (laughs) it's hard to not feel sympathy for him that he's a sad old man he's a sad old man that old asshole grandpa every reading of the of the term Mm mm-hmm He's an old asshole for sure. Definitely yeah. got one of those. They definitely need to start Dusty sneaking some jade away from him. I think they do. And they he do which right. thankfully they, they do. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Because that seems to be also a, a problem in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want him channeling the caretakers <laughs> on a whim. Yeah. Channeling. <laughs> we learned about that. That's pretty scary. Brutal. Brutal. Or also, yeah. I meant to bring this up in the chapter, I think, 33, when Shay returns to the tall estate. But poor Tianla, I'd imagine given the like mm-hmm. pseudo-royal nature, the seems like their mother was detached most of their childhood. She's probably like a surrogate caretaker for these children. And she's just, you mm-hmm. know, Lon's dead. Not, doesn't seem like people are going out of the way to comfort her at all. No. So, poor one out for her, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, Fonda mentions in this chapter that you know I don't I don't think Lon disclosed to her how serious any of this fighting was. So this had to have been like 
it was a shock to everyone, but it had to have been a huge shock to her. Because she thought they were like, you know, schoolyard fights Mm -hmm. when they were actual death fights between the clans. Mm -hmm. Brutal. Brutal to be in this family and be tertiary in any way. Not connected in that direct circle. Yeah. The last thing I wanted to bring up as sort of a discussion point is that I thought it was interesting. There's this sort of parallel of when we meet Lana's pillar, the sleepless pillar, he's having all these difficulties sleeping. And then we meet Hilo and it's for different reasons entirely, but he is also very sleep deprived. Tough job. Because of all the sex. (laughs) Not because of all the sex. Because of the vigil. (laughs) Could be though. Because of the murder. That seemed like it was more murder. Yeah. That's right. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> that was when he was horn I guess yeah horn knee <laughs> the knee that's when it's not the knee <laughs> when's when the, knee? the knee oh no we can't, we can't do this cut 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 sexist <laughs> I don't I feel like I'm missing something the cut 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 drop ins get better every week <laughs> <laughs> well, Aaron's the only one allowed to say cut 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 yeah it's true and <laughs> make a joke it's a rule <laughs> in the edits I'm in charge of what we cut yeah uh, right. what was the question there wasn't really a question I just thought it was notable that when we both meet the two pillars of no they're peak sleeping. they're sleepless yeah it's a An lot of fucking work between the very different brothers not everyone can take naps like Crossland yeah hey now it's a one time thing sleepy piss boy <laughs> this week Sleepy piss boy. How dare you? Call back. God God damn it. Hashtag sleepy piss boy. On social. You make a trend on Twitter. I'll do nothing, but I will laugh. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Sleepy. I guess I would just close things out if there's no more discussion with the ending of the chapter. But Frost, was there anything you wanted to highlight? Mm hmm. No, that okay. honestly, I think we did a great job hitting a lot of those moments. And I did originally have this quote on my list, but you had it. So go ahead. Hilo stood alone by Lon's grave at last. And even though he didn't believe in heaven or ghosts, there were things that needed to be said. Your jade, brother. I had it sewn under the lining of the coffin. No one took it from you and no one else will ever wear it. It's yours. He was silent for a minute. I know you don't think I can do this, but you didn't leave me any choice, did you? So I'm going to prove you wrong. I won't let it happen. I won't let no peak fall. If there is an afterlife when you see me again, you tell me if I kept the oaths I made to you. Love this moment from Hilo. The heavy burden. Mm -hmm. Also, thanks, brother. You buried me with my poison jade. Now we'll never find out. I'm still like, (laughs) I think this shit's getting grave robbed. Uh, Yeah. Are we going to exhume Lon's body at some point? And where's the poison jade? Also, there clearly aren't anything, any autopsies. Cause well, we, he drowned. He got pulled out of the river. Oh, one thing that none of us talked about <laughs> is how fucking horrible everyone's being to baby, sweet baby Andon. And he just feels guilty and he's trying to tell everyone that Juan was doing shine. And they're like, shut the fuck <laughs> up. Don't ever say no, that again to this, anybody. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that yeah. makes sense, though. 
That makes sense. It yeah. does. You but don't like, talk about it at it's the funeral, brutal. though. But like, he's like, he's like so eaten up by this guilt, and he can't talk to anybody. Well, that is true. That is fair. I would say I'm with, Hilo I'm with does Aaron on this one. Go out of his way to be like, dude, what are you doing by yourself? Come in, and then he's like, on let me give to the chapter quick. And he's like, hey. I saw Alon do fucking shine and that's why he died. Like, doesn't anyone care? Because I'm getting ahead of myself, and, but I have and a Hilo's, conspiracy Hilo's corner. perspective. Yeah. Go fire fire your conspiracy corner. Well it's, Or wait, is it is it in the up. and in chapter? Okay. All right, we'll wait. So Hilo says, you know, don't say that to anyone again and he reacts emotionally, but then he straightens it out and he says, It eats at me too, Andy. What else I could have done? I should have paid more attention. I should have had guards following him. It doesn't matter now. What happened has happened, and we can't change it. It wasn't your fault. Not in the but slightest. Even, even with what you just said, he's not like... Hilo never is like, yeah, I knew he was doing Shine, or oh my god, are you serious? He's just like, shut the fuck up! He was not. No weakness. It's it's a little, it's I, a little bitey, yeah. So I, I think that immediate response is justified to an extent and specifically because of everything surrounding it and talking about the legacy and they need to make sure that Lon's tenure as pillar is flawless like they they can't have a scandal come out posthumously Sure, uh, I agree, PJ, that it was like a very bad place to do it. But like, you know, when when does Andon have the chance to even talk to Hilo or Shay? You know, right? Yeah, it's like how's he supposed to unburden himself? Yeah, yeah. It is also if we harken back to his immediate reaction. Um, you know he. He's having a tough go of people in his life falling victim to jade-related deaths, I guess. You know, like his mother, obviously the tragedy. And then the all-powerful Tall family. You know, Lon has this reaction some way, somehow, to the jade. So it is particularly... Like, Andon is like the worst person this could have happened to. Mm. Only human. He seems to be bad luck. Wow. It's his fault. Pinching of earlobes. How wow. dare you? How dare you? That was rude. How dare you come at my boy? My boy. My boy. My boy. No, I, I agree. I, I really enjoy this part and I really enjoy that quote. I especially love the way that it's also teed up over the course of the chapter as he's reflecting on the spirit at rest as as like this idea of like Lon wouldn't fucking leave. He, there's no way he's at rest. He's going to be here forever because he has so much unresolved shit, but I'm going to resolve it for him. I'm going to make sure that he can rest, Casper even if I'm ghost. agnostic and I don't believe in this. Yeah. Love. I love that note. <laughs> Casper, the ghost of Lon passed. Casper couldn't leave. Unresolved shit. Till the end of the movie. Dude, Casper was hot. The ghost? <laughs> The human version of him. The, the young boy. When I was a young person. What are we talking about? <laughs> Have you seen the movie? <laughs> when I was a young I person, I was attracted to Casper. There was the yeah, Casper movie. All the actors and actresses were attractive as humans. Huh. 
I don't remember. Did that you movie. know Casper was actually a young boy? I didn't know we see him as a young boy. Yeah, and then I don't he have gets, any opinions on released. whether young boys are attractive. <laughs> okay, Dory, really quick. One thing I neglected to mention is just you know very sad chapter. We've touched on a bunch. One of the saddest parts to me is Hilo's like poor uh, and straining his perception into Lon's moon Lon's moonblade just to try to desperately like searching for any hint of his brother's aura. Very sad. But Shay, you know, she knows immediately she can't feel it. Mm-hmm. Immediately aware. Don't tell All me right. Googling the I'm just boy. showing I'm showing Ben Casper. Casper hot. <laughs> <laughs> Casper wow. hot. Yeah. Young boy. That is well, that worked literally a twelve year old child. <laughs> it I'm is saying when I child. when I was a young girl. He was attracted. You Girl. guys don't remember elementary school? And it's Christina Ricci, right? Christina Ricci, I I'm, so. I'm into. As a young girl? Not now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll take this offline. Great work, dude. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair point. With that, we get into chapter 37. The Weatherman's Pardon. After a difficult week, Shay visits the prison of Yoon Dorupon, the Weatherman's house, where he was stripped of his jade and guarded. Doru reveals how and why he'd been cooking the books and working with the mountain for an inevitable merger, divesting in their weaknesses and strengthening their other positions that they were already strong in, such as real estate. Shay lifts a weight from her chest, chastising Doru for his disgusting behavior in the past. Also, Shay pardons Yoon before Hilo can execute him, saying he will live out his days playing chess with her grandfather before he dies. So this is this is where that theory comes from previously because he explicitly doesn't react positively or negatively to any sort of chastising from Shay on a personal level like it it feels like this would have been the point where he or he's beyond shame i don't think he is though i just think I don't he know. thinks he's so right he's like, an old he's an old man accepting death you know yeah yeah and he's been through this before, like he said, but this time he he's not in a jail cell. Everything, like everything about his actions, seem like regardless of if they if they were approved or official or not, it seems like he has acted with the clan's best interest in mind in everything that he's done. I, I've got a firmer question that I want to pose around that, which is that I think I disagree with you about the clan's best interest in mind, but the I want to talk about this because there is this like nasty <laughs> little line in here about how Doru is always reading the wants of the pillar and acting in behalf of that. So the pillar says one thing mm-hmm. and he weeds his mind and does all of the things that lead in cascade to that. So Do we believe I, I guess- genuinely that he was always making the right choices and the right actions. No, but I think he believed they were. That's that's my of point, course. Yeah. Is I think that right. he is acting in what he believes to be the clan's best interest, and he is taking more yes. liberty than he should be. But I think that could very easily extend into personal matters and public perception of the torch. That's where that's where my mind got going on that sort of theory, but not super relevant. Sorry. Yeah, extending outside of the theory, right? No, not not discounting it entirely, but outside of that, like this is 
a nasty sort of proclamation where Dory really shows his hand of like, I believe that I'm the right thing for the clan, mm-hmm. even if it is by the quasi guidance of the pillar. Right. Thomas. Yeah. Um, I guess I was wondering if we could believe that that was maybe a just a lie and that he was taking advantage of the pillar as he declined and just kind of acting as de facto pillar. Well, when he's talking about doing stuff on behalf of the pillar, I took that as lawn and him like moving funds around and doing shady shit. No, he's talking about call send. Yeah, he's, he's talking, talking about, about call send. Definitely call send. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't think that he was like, I really do think that he was thinking that he was justified and I think that he thinks he was just right and that he but knows I, better. He worked for Lon. I th- I think he, he didn't. Means, he was working against Lon. I think that's what he means. It, he was doing what was best for the pillar, even if it wasn't what the pillar wanted him to do. He was still acting, thinking that he was doing what yeah. Call Sen wanted. And so he was acting against Lon because he thought that Call Sen, who he actually respected and listened to, wanted something different. Oh, that's not how I took it. And I it. think it also stretches further into the past to yeah. the other side of that, which is like he'd been reading his mind for a long right. time and like had been taking these assumptions and stretching them to whatever the limits that he could justify. I think there's something to be said about him being a wartime weatherman. Like we talk about a wartime pillar often in this book, but I think that's part of part of the thing is like he's baked into the idea of this clan dominance and everything else. And I think part of the the greatness of Doru as a character and the vileness of Doru as a character is that he is the most fascinatingly gray character because I think he is trying, as we revealed the scheme, it feels like he is doing the right thing in a number of ways while not being entirely correct or going about it the right ways. It is against the actions of the pillar, but he's forward thinking. He's trying, but he's also a piece of shit. Right. In so many more than one way. So what what's he doing that's forward thinking? Divesting in weaknesses and going into strengths, right? So like taking making sure that Trying the clan survives the despite the merger. Plans right? fit together so like that, puzzle pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So that it's not just a it's that's not right. it's a merger, not an acquisition. Yeah. Right? right. So that it, it is an equal partnership, not right. a a takeover. But that's why and I'm not acquiescing to None of you. <laughs> That's fine. I still think what the way I read all this is that he was saying that he knew what the pillar wanted without him saying it. And I took that as lawn because these past mm. few years, he's been working for lawn and doing things of his own accord that Shay's like, dude, what the fuck? How could you like betray the pillar lawn? And he's like, it's because I'm doing what he like really needed or wanted me to do. I regret to inform you that you were wrong. I don't think so. Yeah, so there's the element of him thinking it's for the best for Lon because Lon's not the pillar that Ait Mata would be, would be and is. But the ultimate reason for that is because he believes Call Sen would want the clans to be reunited because he was so bitter about the falling out. Look away. <laughs> Ben's just like glaring at me. <laughs> ben wants to start a fight. I like you're not 
just get completely off base. Because because he, he's work like he's doing what he thinks Paul Sen would want, but he thinks it's best for Lon to be best for Lon out basically. Yeah, because he thinks Lon's a pussy that can't handle <laughs> the no <laughs> Peak Clan. Fair, fairly no accurate. Peak. I mean, no joke. Yeah, and <laughs> I have he, a Doru's. Go ahead. No, you go. You go. Oh, I was just going to say, Doru is in a really sad state, too, just as a person, in a very different way than Call Sen is, because he still has a lot of his faculty, but stripped of his, as the traitor that he is, deservedly, for the record. I don't, I don't think that any of this is incorrect, but it does, it's interesting that, like, there's this sort of perception shift when you see the person in Jade lose what that is, and, like, lose that capability and almost the side of them, um, where they seem like just dramatically less than. I I don't know. I found that fascinating in this read. Doro seems less mm-hmm. like faced by it though, because <laughs> like he's been tortured. True, yeah. He's been in a jail. He's had his jades trip before. He seems kind of like he's just going along with the tide. He's like, yeah, he's taking what he can get. I don't know. I I feel like through. With Shay's pardon, that this goes into my conspiracy corner theory that I'm teasing, but Doru's not really the bad guy here, and we're gonna need him in the future. So it's good that we didn't kill him. Hmm. Okay. It's interesting. I definitely want to hear more. The, the there tease. is this. <laughs> <laughs> There's this other side too with with Doru that he genuinely he genuinely loves Shay as a dot as like a a niece effectively like truly not nothing creepy going on versus the the sort of attraction otherwise but he views her as a family member and likewise she refers to him as Uncle Doru more than once in internal and external monologue which that's just such a tough tough spot to be in it's complicated wonderful writing I see that as him like seeing her as like his successor like he he had you know put a lot of hope and work and effort into her mm-hmm. so and now he's like okay here we go <laughs> that effort wasn't wasted after all definitely there's that that's definitely a component here but i think there's also a familial or he thinks that there's like something fully familial i don't know it's it's a tough tough spot yeah there's definitely it i feel like it's hard to separate for me at least and to give doru any sort of grayness because of like we know he's a pedophile basically so even like mm-hmm. if the interpersonal reasons for what he's doing kind of make sense and you should argue for or against it to me at the end like he's just evil you know what i mean like he's yeah he's an evil person there's no question so, like, there. i'm like it's just like are we sure there's no implication that there isn't any perversion on his part towards Shay? I know there's nothing outright to indicate it, but given his other proclivities, I'm not so sure. You know, he 100%. specifically targets Shay's friend, which is a well, bad PJ, choice. Well, PJ series, it's not Doru. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. You know. I don't know. Some Something about the way that he didn't engage with that line of questioning it really could go either way, but for whatever reason, I was thinking maybe there was something more to it than that. Uh, I, I'm not an apologist for him. Like I, I, 
will not feel bad about writing him off in any sort of positive light. Like, yeah. But there's a brain scratch for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's how I would describe it too. Like, I, I totally agree with you, Thomas. There's no... I don't think that there's any redeeming quality that can overcome that level of, like, evil, mm-hmm. you know? But there's something that's interesting about still exploring an evil person having the capability to love someone, even though, like, we shouldn't value... We, we There's something complicated about the way that you place value on that love or that caring, that affection. That I think is tough to parse. And apparently... It's returned by Shay. Yeah. You shouldn't fucking kill him. Like. Pardon? Pardon? Are I we think pardoning this pardon? fucking asshole? I don't think there's any love really? involved. Doro, love for her in her grandpa. mind, is more of a means to an end for Call a gesture of love to her grandfather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's still like, it's so crazy that she's the one with the most hatred and disgust for this person. Yet she, I mean, just shows how deep she is and her capacity to to think beyond what's right in front of her, see the bigger picture, and do something that is like a completely heinous idea to her person, but is something that is a gesture of love to her dying senile grandpa who's her father figure i just think that shows her capacity alternatively it shows that her time in espena has made her soft (laughs) i think i mean maybe (laughs) whoa i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm totally kidding but i like it pj i like it i wanted to completely cut off ben's Like, very rational line of thinking. <laughs> I don't know. I'm starting to get on PJ's side. Like, maybe call Sin as the pedophile because we already know he's a racist. And a I don't think either of them are good dudes, but <laughs> Nash with the island, islandist, nationalist. I think there's a lot of, I think there's a ton of evidence that Doru's a pedophile and it's him alone doing it. Sure. The other thing I want to say, I feel like call I made Sin's it a little enabler. bit aggressive that she confronts about those feelings. She doesn't out him. She specifically says, you disgust me, Uncle Doru. I don't need to tell you why. Which which is like, that's not really confronting exactly why she's so angry, but she internally has like come to terms with it and is willing to spit these words of venom of like, you don't deserve to live. We're going to keep you alive so that you can entertain my grandfather until he dies. But you can't and have you your jade, too. and it's basically like a mm-hmm. torture. Yeah, it's not like he's Torture sentence. Yeah. Yeah, for two weeks. And he's just chilling. Basically. His best friend. He's just hanging out with his best Death friend. Death row. Oh, what a tough. For two weeks. Yeah. What a tough sentence. I think it's but, just, you know, I mean, Shay and Hilo are my age, pretty much. You know, I'm about to turn 27. She just lost just someone babe. very close to her. I guess. <laughs> she just lost someone very close to her. She doesn't, and she sees her grandfather, who she's missed out on all this time with. And... He's fading, fading fast. So she's just grasping for any lifeline to bring him back. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. a good call that we're to the, make him comfortable. The grief of the recently lost family member is playing into that decision as well. For sure. So that's all I have with this chapter. I feel like mm-hmm. that wraps up the the Doru bit pretty pretty concisely. But 
He's basically consigned to a death sentence that accompanies the death of Kal Sen. When he dies, he'll die as well. It's kind of um, like the old pharaohs. They'll play chess together. When they kill mm-hmm. all the pharaohs' wives. <laughs> great. That's a great analogy. Not <laughs> only that, but the, the advisors homes. would go too. Yeah, well, It was everyone. So it was servants. It was, it was anyone. You had yeah. a lot of uh, reason to hope they stayed alive. Yeah. All right. Cool. Chapter 38. The Lantern Man's Dilemma. Mr. Une experiences the very... Hostile takeover of the Twice Lucky as the mountain launches a full-on assault, led by Daunt Ash himself. Conquering what appears to be a large swath of Nopeat territory, Daunt Ash... Daunt Ash? I, Ash? I don't know. The word sounds weird to my head. Ash, now. yeah. Daunt Ash samples Hilo's favorite dish before presenting Mr. Une with the choice to become a mountain lantern man or see the Twice Lucky destroyed. I feel bad for Mr. Une. <laughs> that was a tough one. <laughs> yeah, really. I don't think Mr. Une has done anything wrong this whole time. Got put he, in a real tough position. It up. He's a great example of just how... wants to make some crispy squid. <laughs> <laughs> one to ten, everybody, right now. One to ten. How much do you want to try those crispy squid? Balls? I'm uh, negative like 1, 000, negative all in, a thousand. Hundred. Negative a thousand. A thousand. Positive Zero. I give me squid. Yeah. Lowest vote. <laughs> give me that squid. I don't know. Like I'll take squid. We got to get to the twice lucky somehow. I don't know how, but we got to get there. <laughs> Guys, I don't want to eat squid like, in the, the armpit. This is an armpit, armpit squid. You don't want armpit squid. This is well, armpit not, squid. It's not armpit. It's not in the armpit. It's right by the docks. That's not in the armpit. And poor Mr. Une. Mm. I don't. No love lost. Him switching sides. No love lost. You're not. You're not upset about it at all. I well, guess he has no power. To switch sides? He has no power. What's he supposed to do? Get like get killed? Right. Oh yeah, I think he's totally business destroyed. Cross the right here. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck, Cross? What's he supposed to I do? Think I'm not. Cross on the mountainside. The point Jesus where I, that I brought up earlier the the fact that they didn't give him the traditional like cut your losses and mm-hmm. go with dignity kind of option entirely changes the vibe of this war now. Mm-hmm. Like the, yeah, that no piece that gonna have is to play the dirty. point where it's like, we're not fighting with the same credulity that our grandfathers did. Right. Like this is a, this is a new generation. This is a new war. And, and no peak better realize all, that fucking quick. Yeah, I feel like I think they do. I think I they hope start they to. Do. We'll see. There's also something to be said because, like, even at the height of their irrational brief, No Pete allows the employees of the casinos to leave if they want and to you know the traditional rights. But there's like this very like this is a calculated attack led by the horn of No Pete or the horn of the mountain, and he consciously is not following through with those traditional rights. So there is some, there's like a little extra nugget there that's very interesting and I'm glad mm-hmm. PJ you got us on this train. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to, not to parse, but to like, to not like look at Gaunt and be so pleasantly surprised at the character that he actually is in this moment. I very much enjoy Gaunt. Um, he's cool. Yeah, I like his scars and his sleeveless shirts. Whole vibes, great. 
cuts a guy's head off. That's for lunch. Yeah. Just seems yeah, exactly. very formidable. Ask for buffet lunch. He's hungry. I mean, he's been slaughtering all morning. <laughs> he's right? a big he's guy. It's true. I'm a god uh, fan. Yeah, me too. <laughs> we love, like, at least to this point, as presented, a baddie. But we we love a charismatic baddie here at Words and Whiskey. And we like a sexy like baddie. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Oh. You think Gaunt's sexy? He's like a big, big hat guy. Isn't he old? He's like a mountain it's I'd like to climb. I'm imagining as an old man. Mm, older. No. Older. <laughs> I'm imagining someone the size of Jason Momoa, if that Don't makes sense. Don't say Jason Momoa to Aaron. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but that's that's my physicality imagination. If so like a sense. small dude. Compared to- <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Small guy. I kind of more like uh, The Witcher. I don't know. I don't know. He feel like that's he could be somewhere picture, between like a little that. shorter yeah. in stature, but like yoked sure. up like maybe that. maybe wider. Yeah, I feel muscle. like I kind of picture him as like a, a Street Fighter character because of the no sleeve thing. Totally. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> the, the one Street Fighter character with the no sleeves. I don't know if it's even Street <laughs> Fighter, guy. but like one of those old fa- fighting games. I don't know, guys. Yeah, you're not oh, old enough, Thomas. We know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know if I wasn't playing it at Paul's Pizza versus Street Fighter. I was a Tekken kid. Paul's Pizza sounds I, legit. I it was. It's. It, listen, it was great. Then the chef got arrested for dealing drugs. Even better. Bad for a while. That now it's better. Now we're fucking bad. And it's the awesome. chef got out. <laughs> Probably. God bless. <laughs> Man. Free my man. I mean, if your chef sounds like dealing the drugs, the like are you are you even operating a restaurant in New York? That's, this this is the, the New York the piece. Is yeah. yeah the cocaine bear? <laughs> oh, the bear, <laughs> the bear. But Behind yes, also cocaine bear. bear. Back on track, I guess. Is there anything serious anyone has to say about this chapter? I have a silly. Thing. I fucking love this chapter. It's this is a great. brutal read. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. I I, I like Fonda's fighting scenes. Or went out for our guy Khan, cut in half. Yep, that, that was my that was my I point love, I wanted to yeah. make. I love a guy <laughs> stuff one cut, cut in half. <laughs> I mean, he we lost interest in him when he lost interest in Shay. So you will not be oh, doing any more flirting. Well, he only Mr. had interest Une's, for Mister Une's ability to stay calm in situations of like uh, just a gratuitous violence in his like dining room. Makes me really, really curious what he's experienced in his tenure. Some shit in KCON. <laughs> well, we've yeah. only seen him for two or three chapters, and it's been a lot of broken, been very eventful, broken restaurant. Mm-hmm. He's it a feels hot spot. like this was worse, and he's still calm. Though this doesn't have to do with like his own staff, which I think is what mo- mostly fucked him up before. Was the fact that like there were two jade thieves that in his employ, and this is just more cost of doing business as a lantern man of a jade clan, and like he was super cool, calm, collected, and fought and was impassioned, but it wasn't like he was horrified by seeing a decapitated body and like a head rolling towards him. He's just in. He's just in. Yeah, I think yeah. been there for. 20 I mean, years. that kind of speaks to the effectiveness and charisma of Gaunt to an extent because Mister Une is 
I think speechless at first, like he, he just kind of points to the kitchen where the staff are. Right. And then he's mm-hmm. hiding behind the counter at first, which obviously made sense. He doesn't know if he's about to be collateral damage. That's a good point. But then once he, he recovers very quickly and it is pretty much business as usual right. at that point. Mm-hmm. Here's a question. Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a ditch move from Daunt Ash to brutally take over this guy's business and then be like, also, fucking price of the Brits going up. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, you're paying <laughs> yeah. more tribute. One and a half times. <laughs> All right. Give me some squid. That's got to be expected, though, right? I guess. At a certain degree. Just like, like, at a certain point. I, yeah. I think if you're, and then gone, he's like, also you can't leave. I'll burn your place down. It's like, my dude, give me one break. Yeah, <laughs> a single moment. I feel Just like let me go sleep. I feel like this isn't the last we see of Mister Une, and that he's probably going to be on the no peak side before we're done with him. I really hope they're nice to him. He had no choice. <laughs> I think that Gaunt being so forceful. Will make Mr. Une more likely to want to stay with no peak. Yeah. And raising prices. <laughs> yeah. I hope we get a scene with a, like without a doubt. Like what is it? Mocking Jay, where they're just like all out. We gotta save Mr. Une. <laughs> Mandos, let's go. Volunteers only. <laughs> gotta do this. Yeah. Love it. All right. With that, Chapter 39, Steering Ship Street. A nervous Shay confronts Doru's two anticipated successors, Woon Papidanwa and Hami Tumashan. Woon accepts the opportunity to be Shay's chief of staff, effectively her shadow, seeking redemption for his perceived responsibility as a part of Lon's death. Meanwhile, Hame Tumashan accepts his position as Master Luckbringer, forging and executing a plan to sunset those loyal yet to Doru. I love this chapter. This gets into the political machinations. It shows that there's the other side to the war that's just great. Can can I? I love. No, go for it. No, you go. I'm gonna take. I was us, just gonna say. Like, I'm gonna take us way off track, PJ. Okay, I was just gonna say <laughs> no, that this is your concern. I love everything about the way that Shay conducts this. These meetings, like these series of meetings. And this chapter is what totally got me on her side and like totally like retro actively like erased my misgivings of Shay from the previous sections. So I loved the way that all of this went down. Sorry. Go ahead, Aaron. Take it. Sorry. Real quick. I have something on track to that <laughs> point. PJ Stay on track. There Stay is on track. one of the most like to my eye brilliant things that she does is she like she creates this position of chief of staff for Woon, but then she gives it that Ketanese branding of the weatherman shadow. And it's just like, she's so fucking good at this. Yeah. Yeah, like, she is. It's not, she's so good at it that like, we don't even need to see her like have a discussion or like thought, think out that she has to do it. It just like, it happens. Mm-hmm. And specifically Second making nature. sure that both of the appointees feel like they had a hand mm-hmm. in appointing the other. Like, mm-hmm. it's so good. Masterful. It's so good. What it you is. got? Okay, okay, okay. Let's hear it. So, I had this thought before any of this week's chapters, and I was waiting for Wound Poppy Donwa to come back up. And I was kind of mm-hmm. texting the group about this, and then I stopped myself. I am like 100% ready to bet 
my drinks on Wound Poppy Donwa being the fucking bad guy, the heel. I will not listen to this. Yep. I okay, listen. I'm in. Listen. I'm with you. Listen. The the shine, it wasn't poison jade, it was poison shine. It was shine in general. I don't know. Wound Poppy Donwa set up the shine. Wow. For can't believe you're Lon. talking about my guy won't wound like that. I think Woon is is the real baddie here. And wow. he's like sneaking his way in and he's fucking shit up. He's blowing up the clan. He He's the one who actually kills Lon with this poison shine. You know, Woon's the one sourcing it. And just this masterful performance in this chapter of him acting all like, oh no, they're going to kill me because it was my fault. And he's like, She's like, oh, he's so scared and he thinks he's going to be executed. And then I'm not getting a single sign off of wound that he's that's not why low. that's why I, I it's a conspiracy. If, I know. But to have a conspiracy, I'm going to need like a shred of evidence. The fucking shine. That is you the evidence. evidence conspiracies. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a connection to the jade itself, though. And like, Why? what's what's fucked up with that jade? I don't think it, like, there does. Th- there seems to be something wrong with that to begin with. I think that in my head it does. There and and in Andon's chapter at the end of this, Hilo mentions, you know, he doesn't feel anything anymore. But that like some people, you know, the amount of jade doesn't change you, and some people it does. I think Lon had too much jade, good or bad, poisoned or not, and then. This whole shine idea came from Woon. He somehow whispered it in his ear, got him to like think it was okay to take it, sourced the shine from who knows where. The shine could be bad, and it obviously ends in Lon's death. And now Woon... That's a lot of stuff happening off the page for me. And now Woon is, is you know, second to the weatherman. Fair enough. I'll take your bet. I'm just saying, Woon. Oh, Ben's <laughs> Ben's hopping in. Woon, Woon I would like to off. add. Can I add? Can I pitch in? I don't know. So, can you, Thomas? <laughs> well, it, it's it's things we've seen. It's things we've seen. No, I I go from this. I just live in the moment, so I'm not bringing any outside information in. So you, there's a question here. They're like, does the jade have to be poisoned? Could it have been the shine? You mentioned, Aaron, that perhaps Lon just trying to handle the new jade was too much jade for him. He was also wounded, let's not forget. He didn't have thick blood, and he was wounded. Yeah, and then he took too much shine. I just, let me me complain for a second. I don't like the fact that I know things. You made me, like, I can get excited for your guys' theories. (laughs) (laughs) I harken back to where I, when I was in your spot. And I, that's who's speaking to you when I did it cited. It's not the all-knowing <laughs> Thomas. It's a time machine Thomas. Time machine Thomas. I will stand <laughs> TMT by my man, Wooden Puppy Tanwa. I just think that Fonda has masterfully made Wound seem flawless and nobody is flawless, which makes me suspicious that he's actually... The one setting all the shit up. He set Doru up. Like. Set Doru up with what? I don't know.
know the evidence. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, there was a reason this. for us to be suspicious of Doru, and that was in the text. You know, like there was there's stuff in the text there for use, us to be use your brain best. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever felt more personally attacked? <laughs> I'm just saying that Woon getting the connect to the shine and then the shine being the reason that Lon has a fucking heart attack and just dies best, for no reason. Uh, uh, I can see that. Like, that's suspicious. I'm willing to so, bet against it, though. I mean, Lon says this, but Lon says that it'd be suspicious for Woon to be seen picking up packages all the time. So there is like wound is maybe not from his own accord maybe from his own accord who knows but there's like the conscious decision not to have wound directly associated with shine yeah because it's fucked up sure. pj so what? which side of this fence are talk. you gonna are you gonna jump in which i <laughs> are you my cow or think... ben's cow <laughs> that's from before resurrected cow <laughs> I think Woon is directly directly related somehow. I don't think the shine is what's poison. Directly, re- sorry, clarification for directly related somehow to what going. treason, <laughs> I guess to to turn codism. PJ, yeah, I'm on air. You're both wrong. I just don't. I don't think it's the shine, Benedict. But we don't think Woon is spotless like Ben does because. You can't have a perfectly Star Wars named character <laughs> just be perfect. Like there's there's gotta be something wrong. Launch it does sound like he's from like the most icely cantina, and we know it's a wretched hive of scum and villainy, so maybe you're right. Awesome. <laughs> I I love this. I love I think I think we made depictions and conversations about the speeches themselves or like the conversations that go on. Did you guys have anything that you read into from I guess we we covered a lot of Woon in the conversation here sure. that we had. What about Hom? Um considering this is one of the first series scenes that we get from Very him. solid fellow. I feel like I feel like Yeah. Not a lot of deception there. Well, he kind of wears his suspicion on his sleeve, right? And he's he's not fully on board. He's a straight okay, shooter. Now that I've gotten my conspiracy corner out, I can talk about this chapter. Mm-hmm. I've been waiting to talk about. We've been waiting all night. Yeah. It, setting up the shine, but like we said before, Shay was very masterful in her both confidence and showing vulnerability to both of these gentlemen playing them against each other what's his name han han what hami 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 chumashan i like how he doesn't call her call jen he's just like you called for me with a shallow salute and then by the end she's like won him over enough to hopefully gain the lanternman's trust Okay. Mm-hmm. This uh, often on our podcast, Hellerpod. Check it out. H A W L A R P O D. Check it out. We talk about how the main character Darrow should listen to Mustang, and 
this that is like Shay's giving me strong Mustang vibes here. <laughs> like, like out thinking. Let's listen to <laughs> Shay because she's like literally the only person that knows but what they're I doing. Think, I think she's being smart in that she's especially with her Jade Aura. There's truth behind like she did not want to be weatherman and she's showing that she's tactical. She's crafty. She, she's right. Good. She's like showing that in her Jade Aura. Yeah. Like, I'm not just, like, some power-hungry call child. Like, I had plans of my own, and, like, she sets up with Hami Tumashan. Like, yes, I was trained for this, but it's it's clearly premature. And and she plays into both Hami and Woon's pride. And she's using, like, the truth in a lot of that stuff, but she's kind of, like... Twisting it and using her jade aura in a way to like project even like more truth to the statement, I guess, you know, right. like, so it's a kind of like a poker face, yeah. but with your like own internal feelings, right. it's like a mm-hmm. level above a, just and it's, how you look. Yes. And it's very masterful because she's like using the truth of the situation. But if you looked at like the direct truth and expose that, it probably wouldn't be the same thing that she's kind of like projecting, which is, yeah. is really well done. And if you Moon examine Papa it a little bit deeper, is, is just a little more fun to say than Hami Tumashan. <laughs> Both good. Just Hami Tumashan's not bad, though. Hami Tumashan's not bad. They're pretty good names. Yeah. I'm willing I, to put I did my wanna... eggs in Hami Tumashan's basket. I really like these two. That's what I have to say. I did want to throw in, you know, like I just because I can't help myself with the philosophy and shit like that. But as we're talking about like Shay in general, she embodies the Plato quote, only those who do not seek power are qualified to hold it. And like that is literally her character in a, in a big way in, in these moments is this idea of like you because you didn't want this, you make the best judgment right. calls and you're able to read these situations very widely. So I love that read. Just like a Justice Caesar, yeah. Yeah, just like <laughs> fucking Plato, moron. <laughs> dare you? Man just hates. You see this man? This man just hates. Cool. Aristotle the only other thing that I want to mention... <laughs> Aristotle's great. Don't get me wrong. I love Aristotle. Plato's fine, too. But, so... There, the final thing that I really pull from this is just this idea. I mentioned it right at the beginning, but this being a different kind of war is very exciting for what the future paints here. I think is this idea of like are are in a very different way than most fantasies go, where you might have political movements for like capturing a throne. All of a sudden, it's an economic war, yeah. which is so interesting and unique as a spin on on genre convent. That's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Great point, but. I think there's also a couple of lovely speeches that have happened throughout this chapter. And just to paraphrase one of them from Shay, if the lantern men, the Royal council, the Espenians or the public lose confidence in no peak survival, they'll lose confidence in the stability of the whole nation. Two and a half decades of exponential growth could come crashing down. We can't let that happen. That's why I ask for your commitment in no less a way than the horn asks his fists for their blood. Yes. Good job, Shay. Yes, she's learning. That's a little something she learned from Hilo, I feel like, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And I I love the comparison and just like the trying to bring those people together in a way that 
makes it seem like combat. And I think that's just a, a great way to frame it and and make sure that she gets that buy-in that she absolutely has to have. And, you know, she's not only giving these, I'd say, mature and heavy speeches, like in this chapter, we see she like does her makeup to look older. She ties her hair back. Like she's fighting against all this prejudice for her age and her gender. So she has to give these like epic speeches and, you know, kind of guilt all these lantern men into following suit. And, you know, basically like if you don't fall in line, then we're all fucked. (laughs) So I feel like it's more inspirational than guilt, but yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. But yeah, I think, I feel like she is trying to like drum up, actual inspiration and belief and passion in the no peak leadership that hey like we can do this i've got this and this i understand whole- this in a way that like what it for what it actually is and i'm seeing this entire situation i understand how dire it is or right now i understand how important this moment is and so like I need you now. Like it's like a full, full on Braveheart speech situation. I was ready. And, and then Hami picks it up and runs with yeah. it. Right. Which is the other side of this where he's like, he, he grabs that flag and is like, okay, any of you basically of whom are loyal, loyal to Doru are out. I'm going to be retiring those of you. And if you have any qualms about the new movements for the business, get out now right. basically. And that's, I think a, a fantastic move, moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a smart business yeah. move and it also shows that there is this layering of power and responsibility now that this this place has. And it gets that for me I think the thing that I really appreciate is there's almost throughout this entire chapter there's this stain of Doru that we're almost like going through and trying to treat and rectify and like she sees him in the leather in the chair, or she sees him obviously in the assistant mm-hmm. that's very young that we've talked about and there's just a lot to clean up and she does that so effective while being un unable to completely get rid of it but she does address it all very cleanly and very intelligently and yeah fucking redecorate do it all why yeah. wait do it all hire when she loves interior design <laughs> <laughs> when needs just saying, when, a real slut for when it. needs a job in the city <laughs> oh is that later i think it's this next yeah, chapter yeah. i don't remember earlier at yeah. least one of yeah. our ladies has reached a point of power (laughs) (laughs) cool that's all i have on this chapter chapter 40 being the pillar the mates bring hilo the news that the mountain has conquered the twice lucky and we learn that mate ken is having some difficulties adjusting to the autonomy of being horn and that hilo has some changes in mind for clan operations he is then visited by Shay and the pair get into a heated argument before discussing the council's desire for a truce and the need to adapt to be Ait, Mata, and the Mountain. So a lot going on in this chapter. It's rich in both an update on the clan war and then also a lot of familial stuff going on. I feel like make Ken as the horn is just bad, disastrous decision. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot make a soldier I mean, a Shea, general. Shay points it out, like he's he has no. You just don't have the makeup. Autonomy, he's no creativity. I mean, yeah, he can't think for himself. I mean, like, who would you choose? I don't know, but it's just it's it's a bad choice. 
I I think I I, mean, I agree Khan's with dead, you. So like, who else <laughs> yeah. is left? Yeah, I, I agree with you, but at the same time, we, it has to be somebody militaristically focused, right? And that's what and I was thinking. Familiar was like, with the clan, and like, there are so many things that the horn has to be. Yeah, and it feels like this is. Oh, yeah. Of all the characters that we've been exposed to, kind of the only option. I would agree. As far as like what we've read in the book and who we've met so far, and I was literally reading this, I was just thinking like, we need a new character introduced. Like, we gotta get somebody else <laughs> on our side. New blood. New blood. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, this is not gonna turn out well. And, I mean, Hilo even rebukes him for not thinking for himself right and i mean let's give him a little he's too used to being a dog let's give him a little grace it hasn't been that long sure and a lot's going on sure and you know hilo was able to become the horn and learn and not in a war time you know he's also kind of tailor-made for the role but like you know, he didn't get thrust into like a full on war. He just had to deal with sure. like territorial skirmishes. So let's give, make Ken a little grace. I think he could step into the role. We don't know yet. Pulling on my ear. <laughs> but for the record, no <laughs> grace for Wound Poppy Donwa, but <laughs> tons of grace. <laughs> Just, just clarify. Just want to make sure. I'm just saying, Papi Donwa. I was, you know, I loved him, but then when I had the thought, I was like, that fuck. You turned on him without a question. Yes, he's definitely a bad guy, and you guys will about face. <laughs> ben, you will eat your words. I can't wait. Speaking of wound, there's the suggestion suggestion in the previous chapter that. He had every reason to be fearful for his life following his failings to protect Lon. But then when Hilo speaks about him to the mates, he says, you know, so he offers Tar the position of Pillar Men and says, I've got some changes twitching up for that. And he's like, I'm moving Juan to the moving wound, he says, moving wound using the familiar, you know, familiar for him to the weatherman's side and it's just like interesting like is there some sort of relationship there do we think it even crosses mind to have wound killed well i think he he, well i don't know i don't i I think that wound just doesn't fit this is his leadership style so it's Mm -hmm. like you know his leadership style is violence and force and and you know that type of thing it's not like a thinking man's style so there's not he doesn't see any value in wound poppy dogma he didn't, mm-hmm. he doesn't see him right. as a tool that he can use in any type of way. Like he doesn't value the things that Wound brings to the table. Those things fit on Shay's side in the weatherman's office. So yeah, as far as like Tar being the pillar man, that seems like bodyguard situation to me. <laughs> and and not much more than that. Like stand in front of me next time I get shot type of thing. Your deflection. Yeah. Yeah, there's also sort of the idea of surround yourself by people that you know, right? Going into a new, new position, like he mm-hmm. has no interactions with Woon. Why would he 
want to have a really intimate relationship relationship with him right away like makes sense and it just to seems like some distance of the, himself yeah. a little bit especially right now some of the mm-hmm. responsibilities that maybe lon was like carrying on himself those are going to be spread across the organization and now like shay will take on a lot of the political work and you know Yes, Hilo's the pillar, but it seems like more of like it's kind of like them sharing the role overall, not so much like mm-hmm. pillar Hilo, over yeah. Weatherman. Yeah. Hilo, pillar over Weatherman, yeah. That's actually something I wanted to bring up because in the chapters with the Lon point of view chapters, we kind of see him putting a lot on himself and seems like the he only really brings Woon into his counsel and trust and then Andin because he's forced to. But then we see Shay and Hilo who have this very hot and cold, this very headbutting relationship with one another, sort of leaning on each other here. And that right. Hilo especially is leaning on Shay. And I think that's only going to benefit them. And I hope that they mm-hmm. stick with that because I think the more that they try to inject hierarchy into the situation and Hilo maybe feel if he gets threatened by Shay or something like that or feels threatened by her, I think that's going to lead to downfall. So like the more that they embrace the fact that they both have things that they can bring to the table that can benefit no peak in different ways and see themselves as, you know, like puzzle pieces that fit together instead of a hierarchy of a pillar and a weatherman that's how they're going to succeed. Like they have to trust each other and embrace that aspect. And this chapter is one where like, I thought Hilo had the win. Like Jay is kind of antagonizing him and he is like counting to 10 and taking deep breaths and Shuri like bites back. But I thought this kind of really showed a change in Hilo where he was like, we cannot fight with each other. And he, he keeps Hilo is actually like, like he a keeps decent trying to leader in a lot along. of ways. Yeah, he's a decent leader in a lot of ways. Like I think he has some like good ideas and like like we had kind of talked about earlier. Like he understands people in a in a really good way. And yeah, all his fighters, his yeah, fists. and he understands like how to connect and like how how that works, especially as a leader. And even going back in history, like in school. He knew how to like, you know, get everyone on his side. Whereas yeah. Shay stood apart. So, so that's something she was, can't do yeah. that he can do. They, but he doesn't think in a way that she does. So he can't think like in the chess As move type of way. Yeah. And so they really do need each other a lot. I I feel like there's a pretty good argument that you could bake from the text the text before this point that would say that call Sen's opinion has informed us a lot on Hilo's capabilities as opposed to actually what he's capable of. Cause every conversation with call Sen, he comes down so hard on Hilo as being this piece of shit, no nothing dog garbage grandson. And I, I find, <laughs> I thought of the princess bride f- queen of filth, the- queen of garbage, queen of pedestrians. <laughs> Anyone? Entirely. Thomas, you're too. No, I've no, seen, I've seen it many times. It was on field trips. We would we would watch that on the lawn field trips on the bus. Sorry, Cross. 
man. No, I, I, I totally agree with that entire idea, right? And it's just like it is. It's this sort of spoken story, but it's never actually because he doesn't really know Hilo comparatively, and we've just been led to believe a lot of these things for a long time. So, and like we all have family. There's just like a different level of like arguing, or especially with siblings, where you you like know how to cut each other. And mm-hmm. you see Shay doing this and even saying like, you know, she knew how to get call sin on her side to like cut Hilo down even more. So this, you know, this shows just Hilo really swallowing his pride, which we weren't sure he could do before in making peace with Shay and being like, we can we cannot be at odds with each other. That's, I think, one of the interesting elements of this series thus far is that often when you have this sort of shifting point of view, it feels like you're building towards the characters meeting up eventually down the line of the story. But here from the go or from the jump, we've been having like these characters interacting with one another and then shifting point of views and seeing how they all evaluate one another and the actions of one another and how there's that sort of that's this tug of war between what we know about the characters and then how the other characters view them and their actions. And then how that, like, who are we to believe? I guess. Hmm. Not wound puppy. Don't what? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. What a shit. It's hard to really have a gauge on who to trust and who to believe. I think based on like our points of views, I believe in the purity of the decision-making from Kilo and from Shay. And I believe in the selfishness of Barrow. But beyond that, it's hard to really have a, have a take on anybody else, you know? Fair. Anything else from anybody? Any, any burning thoughts, feelings, notions? Burning takes. Oh, I love that. I told you mine. All right. Well, we did a nice little fun thing at the end with, you know, Hilo's like, just wondering, just just to prove a point here, not holding it against you. Who broke things off? You or Gerald? She's like, Gerald. And then they have a nice little exchange about how he wasn't good enough for her. And then he's like, do you want me to? I'm still killing for you. If no, and she says, who you, Hilo? I can kill my own ex <laughs> Love, Love it. Line. Just, yeah. She's not wrong. Good stuff. It is good stuff. You should go scare him a little bit. Gerald. Just roll up, be like, yeah, this is With me a now. J. How pretentious. Just pretentious. Think about it Gerald. from his perspective of like, what's my ex doing now? <laughs> oh, murder. She's a general in a war murder. of a country. <laughs> yeah. <Murder>. Gang general. <laughs> gang, yeah, gang general. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's a game general and a game Instagram update to see. Country. She joined the family fizz. Yeah, that's a tough Instagram to see. Yeah, we in need the, the uh, what's the LinkedIn vacation <laughs> of that? Managed aggressive negotiation. <laughs> Manager of aggressive. <laughs> oh man, can you imagine the Greenbone saga LinkedIn? Like just the general idea of like all of these <laughs> yeah. jobs. I like Khan suddenly deceased, <laughs> no longer. <laughs> all Half the posts in support of Khan and the good that he did for the clan 
I don't, I don't know. Cool. LinkedIn is so All right. cool. Just home. LinkedIn is so <laughs> sick. I love LinkedIn so much. <laughs> it's the coolest social media. I go on it every day. You always I post. do, but I do want to believe what this guy's two-year-old <laughs> is up to. I She's always coming up to him saying, <laughs> never post. Cross. I also don't have a two-year-old. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Just to be clear. Is that a no joke that I don't understand? Yes. No, well, it's... Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. We need to talk about it next time. Earlier, in the, earlier yeah. in the evening. Cool. All right, with that, let's get to chapter 41. First of class. We return to Andin at Call Dusharon Academy during the day of pretrials, a public quasi-sporting event for graduating Greenbones. However, he can't be bothered to focus on the spectacle, instead dialed into focusing on the death of Lon and his responsibilities to the clan. After being awarded the first of class bonus stud of Jade, he confronts his classmates of whom are skeptical of the warring clans. Hulo appears and chats with the boys, excited for what they will bring in the coming conflict and massaging away Andin's fears in the immediate moment. Our boy so easily clears this shit. He's just so good. So good. Lightness, buddy. I'm going to have to come in a little mm-hmm. hot here. I'm getting a little tired of the okay. sad boy act from Andon. <laughs> Ooh. I just... You love I really a sad boy. He's angry boy. You know He's needs? angry boy. I want more anger out of him. I feel like I'm getting a lot of kid. sad. Well, you got you got a little hmm, snap from him at the end when he was like, hey, That's fuck finally, you. finally like, yeah. I wanted more. I want more. Okay. Hmm. Well... What Hilo is trying to teach him, he's not really grasping, which is that all these little plebs that he's in school with will be answering to him. So he kind of failed on making any meaningful relationships in school. By that's like kind of what I'm saying. I need the sad boy. I need more big picture from Andon and less like my sad life, Andon. Yeah, he's very self. He's very insular. He's very. He's got. He's got a really sad life, though. <laughs> I know, yeah. but like, like he really only focuses on. He's very he's narcissistic. Very focused, focused on it, though. Yeah, <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit. That's fair. <laughs> and like, how long ago was this? Like, okay, cheese grater, mom. Like, okay, we get it. I know. It's just like every I mean, like that's. Every chapter with him, we're getting reminded about the dead parents and that he doesn't feel like he's a family member. And it's just like, all right, bub. Like, I get it. I I, get it. Like, you can change your fate. I push back a little bit on not feeling like a family member. I feel like this is the week that he does feel like a family member. No, he even or at the says very least, it. he feels he's, so committed. He's so intentionally avoiding being next to the family. Like, yeah. At the funeral, that's, he is so Well, that's detached. the funeral, though. Right? That's the funeral. What I'm saying is in this chapter, he feels so immediately attached to the family. I I thought you meant this section. No, no. This chapter, which is what we're predominantly talking about. But that's the reason that he's detached earlier that makes sense to me is because he wants to talk about the shine thing, but doesn't know how to approach it. He does have that conversation. He gets put in his place and then he kind of adjusts this for the rest of this. He is directly attaching a lot of these feelings to what he owes Lon of whom he viewed as a distant uncle previously, if we look at the other couple of weeks. Now, all of a sudden, he's got this sort of contempt and rage building up inside of him. 
and there are so many fucking good quotes about angst in this <laughs> chapter that I adored and wrote down as things that I wanted to read out. But I, I think the thing that I would like to circle back on a little bit here is just the lawn flashbacks. What do we make of seeing lawn alive one more time on screen with Andon in those moments? Typical lawn just being a great guy, you know? Hey, buddy, just stop by to. Yeah. And I'll be here. I'll, I'll be, be here, here when you graduate. When you graduate. Sport. But I won't because I'll be dead. A little. <laughs> yep. It's like pretty, the dad pretty at the harsh. baseball game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, That's pretty rough. I mean, I understand why Andrew's sad. He's got a lot of reasons to be sad and angsty and mad. I'm just like. There's also. Man, take like. There is that. There is like. He could buy in more to right. being a tall and he but there's his literal visage sets him apart from everybody else around him. Yeah. He looks like a Spenian. His family is cursed. He's freaking out. Like he had one of the most traumatic childhood experiences <laughs> of any fictional character. You know what I mean? Like he walked yeah. in on his mom shaving her arms with a cheese grater. Because of we a sickness know, though, it's to like something he is news. very sensitive to. <laughs> it's like, but it's we just know. like, you know, they should have done my I, guy therapy instead of just adopting him. <laughs> I, I totally agree, agree with, with that. that. I 100% agree with yeah, the therapy. Yeah, he needs to confront some issues. So he just doesn't have so, those tools to change his destiny, as you've been saying. Yeah. I, I want to push back so hard yeah. on that idea of like pushing back on his destiny with, with a quote, right? So as he's recounting this flashback, he says pre-trials seemed a hollow, shallow thing. Now a pantomime he had to go through to get to the real goal. Graduation, Jade, a place in the clan, vengeance for what had been done to his family. And I think that's him seeing an objective and locking in on it. On it. I see that as like, this is what I have to do to get to where I want to be. Not wallowing. He's doing, I think he's doing the opposite of it. I think he's like, this doesn't matter. I'm going numb. I'm going to just do what I have to to get to the finish line. In a similar way to the way that Shay was like, the only way that I can come out of this is going to the bank, getting my jade and extracting vengeance. But he doesn't have that tool set right. yet. Uh, what I'm wondering, I guess, is is like, does he mean that when he says it? Like, does he, is he actually, I guess, I mean, maybe he is. And, and that's perfectly valid. I totally understand your point. If that, but I guess I question like, how committed, like how committed he is to the idea of vengeance for his family. Like he is also a kid. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. To me, like I'm questioning whether he's just like thinking that or whether that's like what he thinks that he's supposed to think or, I mean, he's riddled with guilt. Yeah. So maybe mm-hmm. he thinks that's a way of like, it doesn't seem atoning. like a big vengeance guy to me though. But maybe he thinks if he gets vengeance, that's an atonement for his failure. He's got, what I what he's going to find is that vengeance is not going to fulfill this dark that. hole inside. You of Is it empty? Is vengeance empty? Is that what you're suggesting? <laughs> is this a theme? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't focus till I say this. Someone said the word shine, and I had this weird like memory of a Christian song. <laughs> Because <laughs> I grew up very Christian, and it's by the Newsboys. Are you about to sing right and now? I'm about to sing it. <laughs> and th- anyone else? Does anyone else remember this? 
It's Newsboys. No. Shine. Make them wonder what you got. Make them wish that they were not on the outside looking bored. There's somebody out there right now it's, that's like, hell oh yeah. There are a couple of people dancing. It's, about, it's like about being Christian. I would to review that and, song. And I would say it was bad. And this is some, now fair use. Someone said the word shine. I was like, it like popped into my head. It, and like this, like the fourth week I've heard that word. So anyways, I have, I, mean, I have song to read. It seems applicable here. I think. I think so. Uh, Anden is on the outside looking in. Look on the outside, he is on the outside looking, looking in. <laughs> I don't think he's bored though. <laughs> well, he is kind of bored if we if we look at the way that he treats the pre trials, right. which is the show, the this dog and pony show. It's it's being danced out in front of everyone, right, to just show your capabilities. Hated the killing. Thing. Ew. Can the I? The killing of the mice is, is simultaneously so cool him. and so bad. <laughs> just. Can I confess something to you that's a reflection of me as a reader? Of course. Relatively, I just kind of like, I mean, I do like Andon. Relatively, I don't give a fuck, to be honest with you guys. <laughs> Damn. Not, Cold Thomas. I am, I, I'm just I like, would say that I am quickly moving in that direction over the last, since like over the last two he's, podcasts. He's been sad too long. It's just like. About his interpersonal issues, I do give a fuck. I just mean about his story. I just like let me hang out with the calls who are fucking shit up right now. That's right. just like I, that's at this I, point when I'm reading it, I'm like, my dude, this we're at fucking school right now. I would I was hundred percent agree <laughs> in this section of chapters that we read. I was not excited to read the end of chapter. For, that's for more me, thank you. For guys. me. Yeah. For me. <laughs> <laughs> for you. For me, I like the I like the young men. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> we <done>. know. <laughs> no, I God like damn the, it, I like the like <laughs> oh I like gosh. the Casper. <laughs> I don't even know that guy's name. <clears throat> no, I like like school like trials mm. storyline, you know. What I mean is I like the like young adult books like Andin kind of is giving us that storyline. Yeah. yeah. It includes that flash of like academia in fantasy. Yeah, like it's not yeah. dark academia by any means, but yeah, I totally get it. It scratches that itch. Yeah. And it is, it's like a great chapter. I'm not taking away from it. I'm just saying like the, yeah, that's not what I want to see. It's like, yeah, the action junkie me, chunky in me is like, hey, can we get another like sword fight going on? Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, it's like a dude got cut in half. I was. Agree- I agree. Like I you want bloodthirsty fools. Listen, yeah. I want more of the conflict that we've got brewing, and then like I feel like we were heating that up, and then it's like this feels like a sidestep in a way. Hmm. That's interesting because, and uh, getting into the back half of the chapter, right? So we we have the death of mice, and we get a lot of channeling, which is very cool, right? And the idea of like it's almost this pulse of like energy that you push out, and the way that that kind of works is very interesting. That a lot of people also have to touch the mice in order to make it happen, versus Andin's able to force out like a wave is very fascinating in concept. But there's this argument that happens between the boys, of course, that's going on about whether or not they're going to contribute to the clan, whether or not they'll be a part of it. And I think that that's really where I really latch into this as being a little bit more exemplary of the other part of the story, right? Which is that Hilo is like, 
this is a duty of the clan is to show up to make sure that we have soldiers in the future. And so that's why he's here is he's arming the back line. We're just seeing Andin's perspective throughout to reinforce some of that loyalty. Sure. So I get that. Damn, yep. Thomas and Ben are haters. I'm not afraid yeah, to be apparently. I'm I'm not a hater. I enjoy every You're part a Wound Poppy Donwa hater. <laughs> Tell that to Wound. True. <laughs> Tell that to Wound. Our guy. Is he no longer our guy? <laughs> what do I say That's now? That's my whole point. It's He's got the best name. Like that <laughs> that hasn't changed. But not not to bring up <laughs> Tell other, it to other wound. books, but it's like the incorruptible. It's like if you're so blameless, mm. you're probably the seen, fucking bad mm. guy. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good one. So I, I do, I do. before we get into the end here, I want to read the quote. And this is sure emo angst. And if you're shocked, no, I got to do this chapter and I got to, I get to pull this. But this quote is so fucking good. All he knew now was that remorse has a natural limit. After a certain amount of time, it finished eating a person hollow and had to alchemize into anger that could be turned outward lest it consume its host entirely. And that is such a good fucking quote. And I think that that's why I I think that I'm on the other side with Andin is that like he is he's past the point of being sad. He is at the point where now he's just fueling that engine and it is about to kick on. All it needs is that spark. And that spark in the moment happens to be those kids being assholes about the idea of going into this war and not going in for the clan, which is why he begins to burst. And he's only held back from what I think would be a fight at the very least because he shows up. I was happy to yeah, see but- some fire out of the out of the old kid. I just I don't yeah. get the I don't get this, Ben. I mean, I thought you liked sad boys. I do, but I'm just like at, at to a certain point. I need him to take control of the situation, and he is here at the very end. So hopefully, you know, from here on out, or from here, we'll he also see. doesn't have that much agency in the moment. Right. He has to wait two exactly. months in order to do anything. Yeah. So like he can't even. Take and I'm just control. getting a little so frustrated and bored with his situation. <laughs> PJ, so, what do you think? Yes, he has to wait two months, but to Hilo's point. When talking to the group of year eights, the, the group of boys, maybe there's a place for them right now. Maybe there, there's things they can be doing for the clan right now ahead of their graduation. And I think Andon is going to start taking on maybe responsibility in an unofficial capacity, but I think he's going to be taking on responsibility ahead of his actual graduation. Based on this conversation, and like not only him, but him and some of his classmates might need him, might run out of bodies. I mean, Andon should have been making allies this whole time. He's been wasting time being a little Emery boy. Like, I'm an <laughs> outsider, fair. nobody likes me. Like, maybe you should use your skill and how you're better than everyone at all this stuff. To like make some fucking friends, dude. Like he he has no no Same one. With Shay, though. Yeah, there's no loyalty that he hasn't made any. I mean, yeah, they just don't understand. Yeah, like Hilo really is the only one who has. Yeah, you got to give a lot of credit to Hilo him. in this situation. This is actually pretty good pillar stuff, like shaking hands, mm-hmm. kissing babies type stuff. And Hilo shows so much empathy to this little asshole kid. 
He's like, yeah, I know his dad. His dad's a loser. Don't you think like maybe you made him feel like a loser like his dad? And that's why like he's like explaining to Annan how to have empathy and understanding for someone else's life situation outside of Annan's own suffering. Other than Annan just being sad. (laughs) Other people are sad too. God damn it. He's angry. He's not sad. He's kind of sad. I mean, cross. He is angry, right? But that quote you read, mm. it's heartbreaking. <laughs> like, that's right. not, it's not a healthy way to process things. And it's not a, no, it does need a therapist. So, as like, mentioned. Yeah. yeah, he is presenting to himself as angry, but what's sadder than that? You know what I mean? Like, just because you're, mm. oh, a mad boy, Great not a sad boy, like, doesn't mean no. he's not wallowing, doesn't mean he's not sad. Mm. He's deceiving himself. And what's sadder than that? Right. He can be mad boy, sad boy. Fair point. You can be them all at once. Right. Rad that, that's, boy. He is. Yeah. He can't be <laughs> rad boy. Dude has no drip. Can't be rad but boy. This, Sparrow is rad boy. This, again, is another example. Sparrow also has no drip. Sparrow. This is Hilo another is example boy. of every chapter, Hilo is like, boop, boop, boop. Yeah. He's, he's got Ooh, the firepower now. Yeah, he started off so low, mm-hmm. but now he's... He started off as Baby Mario, and then he was Big Mario, and now he's has got the fire. Uh, and next episode, I'm enjoying Kilo more have the and more wings. by every, every episode for sure. <laughs> the wings, and then he'll grab he's the star. Raccoon in the final episode. Yeah. That's Hilo. Okay, <laughs> there I'm are two. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with I'm with you. I lost and it. And I actually ago. genuinely, I I want to end this on the two different quotes that Hilo says about people that I think does elevate him. In this way that we're talking about, right? That really ratchets him up. So the first one, he directly addresses Andon, kind of talking about this in, in a conversational way. You've got to learn. There's a way to discipline a man so he hates you forever. And another way to do it so that he loves you all the more for it. To know what it is, you have to know the man. And just this insight that Hilo has in the human side of people is wonderful. He re-emphasizes it as he approaches his car, saying, People are like horses, Andy. Fingers and fists, too. Everyone. Any old horse will run when it's whipped, but only fast enough to avoid the whipping. Racehorses, though, they run because they look at the horse on their left, and they look at the one on their right, and they think, no way am I second to these fuckers. Yeah. That's definitely what horses think. (laughs) No, I mean, uh, as... As someone who recently got into leadership in their career, this, this <laughs> quote actually really resonated with me. <laughs> it's the HR citation for when you quote this. <laughs> in your next review, you should quote this. Yeah, yeah. I will. I will. Maybe I said some math are about uh, catacomb party, and I was like, "How I feel <laughs> about our show versus others." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't believe you guys are second to one with. <laughs> all no professional way voice actors. Are yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, again, Hilo gets it. Go Hilo. Yeah. You just you went hard on Andin, so I had to. That's fine. I had to like. I was trying to make things him. interesting here on the last chapter, you know. But you know, I agree. I'm ready, just like I was for Shay. I'm ready for Andin to. I think Thomas made change the, yeah. his fate. I think Thomas made the point that I was trying to make is just like in this set of chapters that we're reading this detour, I was like, come on, I'm ready. Like I want, I would like some, what's else. funny is I done thought this you made week. that point that I was yeah. trying to make. I thought you said it better than I did. <laughs> That's funny. 
Cool. All right. Well, with that, any closing thoughts? Anything else that you guys are looking forward to in the next week? It's just, <laughs> just it's our like, penultimate episode of the book. I feel like, you know... Penultimate episode. Wow. I feel like the... Um, yeah, only two left. The mountain could just kind of sweep us all out here. <laughs> and then we just... I do feel like they're just they're they're, like we said they're playing a different game and we're gonna have to adapt quickly. Yeah, I don't have a lot of faith right now for our no peak plan. I do think they're we're we're the underdogs for sure. They are the underdogs, but I do think we're making some moves. Hopefully, wound Hami, you know. I think that we probably won't know the extent of wounds. Betrayal, this book. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Feels like a cop out. <laughs> Feels like a cop out. Feels like a rolling back of your tail. No, we'll find out, but maybe not. All right. Maybe whatever. Not Feels like you're five toes down. Why don't you workshop you that one and toes. bring it back next week? Mm-hmm. PJ? I think that we're going to start to see some more intimate mountain clan relationships and maybe even a perspective i don't know about that yet maybe maybe andon gets pulled in again to mountain clan but i think we i I think we start to see them more closely and we start seeing their point of view because right now we have some like intimate but not like detailed understandings of what they were thinking was going to happen and like what they wanted to happen with the two clans. So I, I think we're going to start seeing some more mountain clan side of things. I hope so at least. Yeah, I hope so too. Be kind of cool. I'm ready to join. I'm not the sure how, I guess like, I'm, I'm not sure how many more perspectives we need, but some we, of the well, perspective we got, we got shifting a, has. We have Ash. We've got gone Ash, yeah, but gotten, he could show us other characters. Yeah. 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 And we had a little Aitmata through Andon. Yeah. It'd be nice to see her again. Right. I miss her. I'm just not sure that I need like a new perspective at this point in the book. Like I would like to drill down on the perspectives that we have. Well, if people keep dying. Sure. Fair enough. A, a new spawn has opened up with Lon's death. So who knows? Don't forget to shine. Maybe we'll just everyone. see Barrow every other chapter. God. Not Barrow. Do we make a bet on Barrow? Mm, Our bet last week was he'd die, right? Anything about that? No. Yep. I'm I'm hanging on to those bets. <clears throat> so okay. if you'd like to change your Barrow bet, you all said Barrow is fucking shit up, doesn't survive past this book. Give you the I'll give you the luxury. Uh, I still don't think he does. The tweet situation makes me feel like Tweet? For the record, that was pre the other books coming okay. out. That was okay. Jade City only. Okay. So what tweet situation? I'm not on Twitter. The the thing that Sauron thing that he talked about was head off. Yeah, the Sauron. the poll, the March Madness villain uh, thing that happened three years ago. Can I change my bet? Sure. Thomas said no. You make a sub bet, though. It's fine. You can make a new bet. I'm gonna say Barrow is fucking shit up. Same. I feel but like you can hedge. Yeah, I think you have to. I think he he becomes more and more of a pain in everyone's ass. That's not a bad. He does survive cool. past this. We'll book. sit on it. We'll sit on it. Okay. Yeah, I think 
I think we have to keep the first bet, but if you want to make an additional bet, you can. Oh yeah, this as mentioned, I'm not like just removing the previous okay. one. I'm I just thought you, modifying. I thought you it. said you should change yeah. the bet. It's so a mod. It's mod. No, 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 no. I'm saying inform it. Inform it. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Cool. All right. So with that, next week is our penultimate episode where we'll be reading chapters 42 through 49. Again, 42 through 49. So that's where we'll leave you for this week. Thank you as ever to Tim and Andrew, our producers for the show, for making us exist, keeping our show on, making us sound good, make us making us sound okay. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go with that for myself. That's fire as a hedge. You can find all of our social medias, our Twitter, our Facebook, social media, everything on the show notes. Everything all in one very nice, easy, convenient location. Everything everywhere all at once. Everything everywhere all at once is lovely. Aaron, what should people do when they find our show? You should rate and review Words and Whiskey. Five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then... (laughs) We'll go to our bank deposit box. We'll put on all our fucking jade. Was this a co-thread? I like this. (laughs) What will we do, Ben? We'll show up at your fucking house or place of business. And we'll cut you in half. We'll wreck your shit. We'll just cut you in half. And then you won't have a business and you'll be dead. And then we'll ask your fucking chef to make us some fried squid. Or in my case, chicken fingers. Some chicken tenders for her. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely. Lovely. As always, you can find us. I I love it. That was amazing. As always, you can find us at Words Whiskey Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Words and Whiskey Show, gmail.com, patreon.com forward slash words and whiskey, and our t-shirts are presently on T Public. You can also find Howler Pod anywhere that you listen to podcasts, as well as High Key Obsessed anywhere that you listen to podcasts. So make sure that you check them out as well. Thomas has an ongoing season on Oh my god, I almost said Julius Caesar because it's the Ides of March. Obviously, it's Alexander the Great. That is lovely that I think people who love yeah, history guys. should go listen to. Doing fucking two podcasts a week right now. I know the Words and Whiskey Boys live that Bro, life. I do four. But, well, that's just you guys are dumb. Sorry. It's dumb. hard work. Hashtag content. Yeah, I'm right. dumb Sorry, too. PJ. PJ, we know I love you. You're brilliant. I would never. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just tired. That's the only reason I said <laughs> no, I'm that. Dumb. It's true. But yeah, it's hard work. This episode, Please check it out. It's, I'm back in my wheelhouse talking about him as a general and not like all the Alexander the Lover nonsense I was talking about before. Now we're back in my wheelhouse and thriving. So check it out, please. Hell yeah. And Hellerpod's coming back with the force. They've been doing Ooh. some wonderful coverage with the Mike's book reviews over on YouTube. YouTube live. Talking about the... You can see our yeah. cute faces. <laughs> Is that like recurring? Are you guys doing that monthly? At I least the second episode, the I actually realized it was live. <laughs> I didn't cool. know the first episode. But you can check them out there. Obviously, they'll have new stuff coming out in the near future. So, oh, cool. Thank you guys so much for the support. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Shine, shine bright. <laughs> shine, shine bright.